Welcome everyone to the pilot episode of the Chair Shot Podcast. Um, welcome everyone to the first official episode of the Chair Shot Podcast. Yes, everyone, we've made it. It's episode 50, yet another milestone for the Chair Shot Podcast. We've been around now for over 50 weeks. Chair Shot Podcast episode 100 is finally here. Episode 150 of the Chair Shot Podcast is here. Yet another milestone as we continue on down this road of podcasting see if it's not obvious enough that i improv these intros every week i don't know why i do things like start sentences with as we continue you know when i don't have any plans for the continuation of that sentence episode 200 of the chair shot podcast is here ladies and gentlemen yes our much anticipated much awaited milestone is here 200 episodes, 4 years of this show, whatever that is, of this. of this thing we've been doing for a while. Damn it, woman, I said don't give no one of those 250 episodes. Well, we gave you 250 episodes of the Chairshot Podcast. Here at long last, and I'll be honest, folks, I know that's not technically the correct reference, but am I fuck waiting another 100 episodes to make it proper? It is a momentous occasion. On what seems like an otherwise nondescript, dare I say, mediocre Sunday evening here in the Emerald Isle. For it is Chair Shot Podcast 300. Welcome to a special Bank Holiday Monday edition of the Chair Shot Podcast. It's a very special Merry Lightmas as I returned. So yeah, we've got a uh, we've got a hell of a show lined up. What is special yet. about this episode, right? As opposed to you know, three forty-two. Um, I don't know. It's an arbitrary number. Is it? <laughs> I I I I vaguely recall us discussing this before. Oh. Bear in mind, we have. We have not done... Look, we have not done this show in three weeks, can I just say? Well, well, right? well Barry's not done it in three weeks. So, and... And here, look, you were just saying that it's an arbitrary number, so don't get mad at me for not knowing it off the top of But it's one of the best arbitrary numbers. What is it then? Go on. 350. Is that one of the best? Three. Sorry. Sorry. And 50. Woo! I'm careless, I believe 
it is not just your typical Sunday evening here in the UK and Ireland. It is the 400th Sunday, and you know, a couple of Mondays, and a couple of Tuesdays, and a couple of other days, where the three of us have gathered together to shoot the shit about our lives and also wrestling sometimes, maybe. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined as always by my ever dependent extremely dependable, more dependable than me, being speaking, uh, co-host, first of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. Hello, Barry, happy 400. Thanks. Yep. Uh, uh, and also joining us is Mr. Joe Towder. Uh, hello there. Hi, guys. Congrats. Well done. We'll make it Congrats to everyone. Well, I don't done, ha- we, you know... Mm. I don't have the little party poppers or the things. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we'll have a we'll have a real celebration when it's like we've had four hundred good episodes, <laughs> Ooh. Rather, rather than just existing. It'd be a while. <laughs> so see you in about forty years. That's like only having birthdays for good years, though. Like, oh, I'm only <laughs> nineteen. That's some shit, you know. Okay, can I can I discount that last birthday that I had? Yeah, you're only uh, 32 now, <laughs> How dare you? Uh, I mean, I know I, I know I'm wise beyond my years, but um, why beyond uh, years? Oh, oh. I tell you I what, mean, we uh, might we might not have 400 more at this rate. Slow it a bit. Oh, I tell you, we won't be speaking to each other anyway. <clears throat> We've got a hell of a show lined up for you here, folks. We've got movie golf, we've got life golf, we got uh, all, all the stuff you come to love. As we always do for our Milestone episodes, we've got a little uh, quizzy quiz coming up later um, with a special guest. Uh, going to pick our brains and show how little we know about uh, each other and the show and wrestling and everything. I mean, it's great. Um, so I look forward to that. But before we get to any of that... Gonna have an old chin wag about life, including. Here's your update, folks. Still too warm. Too fucking warm. It was even warmer, I think, last week than it was before. What was the peak in the country? Was thirty-two? Was it at one point? Was it? Yeah, Ireland had its hottest day on record since 1976. This week. Uh, uh, you don't have to tell me, Barry, because I've got a big old red face and a big old red farmer's tan arms. So, very nice. I am very well big old sweaty bollocks. Ooh, baby. Yeah, that's Ooh, that's boy. more what I'm dealing with, baby. The swamp bass. Yeah, well, I I don't want to get too too graphic, you know, for the extreme. I mean, it's looking like a curly whirly down there, to be honest. I mean, oh, Jesus! <laughs> Not as big as it used to be. Oh. <laughs> uh, Anyway, um, but I I did I I did go through two underpants the other day. I did have to change. Oh. I got home from work. <laughs> I was sweating. Oh my god! <laughs> Pop another pair on. Uh, dear, dear. Anyway, it's yeah. fucking warm. I have I don't have farmer's tan. I don't have any of the burning um, because I've been avoiding the sun at all costs. Literally, only going out in is to um, go to and from work and like pop to the shop. So mm. I just, I, I'm past the point of like humoring it and, and acting like, oh, we shouldn't complain. I am complaining. 
my my you know my allergies are all up in a heap. My my chest is is, is irritated because of how thick and humid it is. I'm gonna try and smash the the mute button anytime I have to cough, listeners. If if it gets through, I do apologise. I just really nagging, annoying, chesty cough that I can't seem to get rid of. Um, I probably sound a bit congested because my nose is all clogged up. It's like, like I am the quintessential classic nerd. I cannot handle the sunny weather. I can't. So, so um, and then there's just the general discomfort of uh, the, the aforementioned arse cheeks um, uh, uh, sticking to each other, the the armpit, the the the, the, the tit sweat, um, uh, every gross. Uh, sort of heat-related smell and and uh, stickiness you can think of. Uh, so having a great time, not sleeping at all, all that all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we're at about. Let me double check here. Uh, it is 22 degrees in Limerick today, which would previously have been the the concept of oh we're having 22 degrees tomorrow would have been uh, very upsetting to me. Whereas now it's like a little bit of a reprieve. It's like right. oh good, so we're we're back down. Yeah. Um, Paul, I have to. I meant to ask. You're not going to OTT next week, correct? No, no. Um, we couldn't work out uh, a deal. Um, okay. <laughs> Joe couldn't afford you, was it? I've been replaced with Rene Dupree, weirdly enough. Um, so great, fair enough. The reason I ask is that apparently it is, you know, it, it won't be as high as it was this week, but it is looking to be around 28 ish degrees oh. next Saturday. God. Which is going to be hell in no, that building. I, I mean, it was hell. I'm not going. It, it, it was hell in June. I mean, and, and it wasn't as hot uh, uh, then as it is now. But the June show was disgusting. I mean, it is disgusting. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we're all struggling. I'm probably doing the worst out of anyone. But uh, uh, you know, there you go. How are things over in the uh, over in the uh, uh, the kingdom, Joe? It's um, yeah, fairly hot here. Uh, I'll just be kind of sitting in with the windows open, blinds down, trying to keep cool. Uh, I, I yeah. do not like getting sweaty. It's very uncomfortable. Oh, it's 26 um, in London so, right now. Oof. Yeah, it's, it's a bit cloudier at the moment, so it's, it's cooled down somewhat. But yeah, very warm earlier. But, um it does mean you can drink outside of the pub basically all night, which is nice. You don't have to go inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's handy. You know, when people sort of disappear for a smoke, they've got to go outside and, you know, so, oh, God, you know, everyone starts breaking up into little groups. No, now everyone can stand outside, get into drunk and smoking and, and, and fucking red. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, so coping with the weather. And watching the World Cup. So Yeah, that, that's, that's going to be my question. Is like, you know, you're, you know. Yeah, yeah, Paul does a drink, of course you do, but you're down the pub in this heat watching the World Cup much? Um, not really, I think, because there was no game on Friday. Um, so mostly been watching it in the office and then, then coming home to watch it. And this weekend's games I've just watched at home because it's a bit, a bit warm. Um, yeah, but that's enjoyable. I think may try and get out into one of the knockout stages starting. Might try and venture out. The only problem is if you go to a pub when the football's on, uh, it's loads of people there. It's like oh no, it's worse than Christmas. Yeah, they all come out. All the all the part timers turn up at Christmas for a drink. It's the same with the World Cup. They're all there, looking at the screen and uh, locking up the bar. So you know, 
there are advantages to just watching it at home. You know. Mm. So we'll see. So what is the uh, uh, the World Cup date? The, the World Cup date. The final, you mean? Or? I've, what, I, what, I've done is I've, what I've done there is I've fused update with the phrase World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. World Cup date. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I can't remember what was happening last week. I don't think Germany had gone out when we did our last show, had they? No. That was probably the big big shock of the group stage was Germany being eliminated after uh, losing 2-0 to South Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing scenes as Mexico actually lost 3-0 to Sweden but still went through uh, because Germany lost so it was pretty awesome especially the second goal where uh, Manuel Neuer the German goalkeeper decided uh, often you know, goalkeepers will, will just go up for a corner at the end of the game if, if they really need a goal and it's you know last minute he, he didn't do that he just decided to start playing in midfield yeah. so Germany the had no goalkeeper He's just out there on the left wing. I don't know what he was doing. And then, obviously, Serafkira got the ball, walloped it forward and scored. It was, it was quite quite bizarre. Um, but obviously, a brilliant moment. Not to, you know, indulging too much schadenfreude, but any oh, big... He's even using a German word against the Germans. Brilliant. I know. I've done them in their own language. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, take that, uh, Axel Dieter Jr. Um, <laughs> and the other Germans. Um, yeah, like when Spain went out four years ago, that was a joy just to see a kind of you know big team be humbled. And similar, similar this time, so that was good. Uh, well, Spain went out today as well to Russia yeah. uh, after after a penalty shootout with an amazing save for the the final penalty. The fella sort of um, kind of did a Pele kick <laughs> to, to clear the ball over the bar. It was pretty phenomenal. Did you watch that game, Paul? Uh, no, I was on the way back from our little weekend holiday. I I did uh, catch the penalties. I did. We did get back in time for those, uh, and okay. I watched a little bit of the first half of extra time. That's all I saw. I believe yeah. the game wasn't up to much, but the penalties. No, it's fairly boring. It was usual Spain, ninety percent possession and not doing much with it. So it wasn't a, wasn't a great game, but yeah, ooh, penalties. And what did you make oh. of England this week? Because I want to know, um, Joe, are you? A cynic in, in in like are you on the side of well let's let's look at Colombia first before we start thinking about anything else or are you on the side of uh, I don't remember which tabloid newspaper it was but this way to the final boys uh, yeah I'm not really quite in that camp because I think there's still a it's it's fairly even with Colombia I mm. feel it's more kind of like 50 50 because they're a pretty good team they're not brilliant but they are you know quite good so I, it's almost like we're kind of moving the hardest game forward. Yeah. So it's like if we can get through that, then we've got you know some slightly easier games potentially against like a Sweden or a Switzerland. Um, I, I almost feel like with with this kind of headlines, they're almost setting themselves up at the tabloids. I mean, for f- setting themselves up for the inevitable disappointment of going out to Sweden or something. <laughs> you know, it's almost I, like. Yeah, I think they're setting themselves up to then slag off all the players when they lose. It's like, oh, it was easy and you lost. It's well, it's not easy. You know, they they kind of set up this hype and then use it as a stick to always bash the players. Mm. So yes, yeah, so I'm not a big fan of of starting to talk about the later rounds yet. It's one one game at a time. 
we haven't got past the second round since 2006. So, yeah. Yeah, the the England-Belgium game was, anyway, a nothing game where they didn't bother putting out the good yeah. players. Um, and that, is, that is the one good thing as well, is that all the England players had a rest for that game, whereas Colombia have had three quite tough games. Yeah. Uh, James has kind of aggravated his, his, his entire injury, so... I'm kind of hopeful that's an advantage for England that we can come out and be quite aggressive and got more energy, um, but we'll we'll see. Um, yeah. I thought the France Argentina game was probably one of the best games of the World Cup so far. Oh, oh, that was very good, wasn't it? It was a very Back good game. Yeah. Announcing himself on the world stage. I mean, he's spectacular fashion. He's the second most expensive player in the world. But yeah, yeah. I get your point. <laughs> yeah, it's the world stage. Um, yeah, that was good. Good to see Messi and Ronaldo going out. Yeah. Um, again, shot of oh, Messi and Ronaldo going out as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Or, or whatever, whatever that is in Spanish and Portuguese. Um, um, I mean, people say, "Oh, you want to see the best players," but if they're playing in a bad team and not really doing a lot, then does it really matter? Surely, you want to see the best, the best team, or you know, best matches. Yeah, but again, is like we had with the tabloids earlier. It's just kind of a narrative for yeah the the yeah. otherwise very distinct matches to kind of thread along. You know? Yeah. Oh, there goes Ronaldo back to Portugal. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> going uh, going from Russia to Portugal via Catford. Is he <laughs> on a motorbike? <laughs> on a motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, you watch any of the World Cup, Scott McAvoy? Uh, actually, yes, I did. I caught today's match. Oh. Oh, God, I'm even further outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> so this is our guest for episode 400 is Scott. Uh, usually we bring Scott on for the quiz, but fuck it. 400 episodes, so he's just going to be here. Hell yeah. Who are you cheering for in the World Cup, Scott, out of interest? I, actually, I'm just hoping to see something good because the three <laughs> matches I've tuned into so far, I, the whole idea of watching Russia stand there with 10 guys right in front of the goalkeeper yeah. was not very entertaining. It was very strategic. I will grant that, but it didn't make for good viewing. No, I can't imagine so. Which is nice that that was the one that I kind of chose to give a miss. You think it worked out well? Yeah. You picked a good one. Whereas France, Argentina, ooh. It was lovely. Although I did watch it on a... We were in the hotel in Drahada, which is about an hour hour north of here. We watch on a little... How big was the screen, would you say? 12-inch screen? <laughs> little tiny TV in the hotel, but it was all right. We watched the game. And it, it wasn't like digital TV either, because the image would keep flickering every few minutes. It was definitely a dodgy aerial on top of the hotel or something. Uh, but we got to see the game. That was pretty good. And uh, we have our little pool here in the house. And I have France, who are through. Nati has Uruguay. I did have Spain, so I was hoping for a nice double. But Spain are out now, so I shall have to pin my hopes on France. Um, yeah. So I'm not watching the game now. Joe, are you doing a live watch-along as you have been the last few weeks? Oh, yeah. Yes, well. So can you give us an update? Uh, Croatia got a corner. Denmark have cleared it. It's one-one. 
Still one all. Uh, I believe the three goals are all within the first three minutes. The, the two goals. Uh, That's the one. One plus one. One plus one, one, mm-hmm. plus one equals. <laughs> um, yeah, they both scored in the first three minutes and um, not been nice. much action since. It's been a bit quiet. But uh, yeah, I'll keep you updated. Mm, this just in, my ESPN contract has been cancelled for some reason. Oh, so you missed the Superman punch from the goalie just there, huh? Oh, Barry. Pulling a Roman Reigns out there. <laughs> um, so we had our little holiday, as we mentioned. We went up, got the two trains up to Drada, um, and we ate out at a nice restaurant yesterday. And then today we went walking on the beach. We had a little bit of an issue, right? Because when it's when oh. it's Sunday in Ireland, the trains are just the worst. Um, we walked. They all go to mass. <laughs> <laughs> the trains are closed. We all let's get off here for communion. We walked down the beach from where I used to live a few years ago down through two towns to the train station. Probably was about um, like a six seven kilometer walk. We we went bowling in the middle of it as well. By the way, I'll talk about bowling in a second. Um, oh, but uh, we walked the, whatever the six or seven kilometers. Got to the train station. We arrived there at five past two. Next train, three fifty one was it? So we arrived there two hours early for the train. <laughs> we just had, to, just had to sit there on the on the floor, wait for the train. On the cold hard ground. Um, Hi that. Oh, she she say hello to you. Hi, boys. Uh, we did go bowling, uh, and this is the thing. I, I'm not sure how it works in in the United States, right? But here, typically, those who are not good at bowling will play with the bumpers up, right? Hang no, hang on, hang on. Wait, wait, hang on. When you're a child, yeah, we did, we child. didn't, we did not play with the bumpers up, right? So that's that's going to explain our scores. Uh, we played two <laughs> games. We played there was there was no <laughs> there was no three hundreds. Um we played two games. First game she won. She uh, she the catch yeah, Natalia. Very, Natalia very, beat defeating me. Okay. Yeah, a bit of respect. Bit of respect. Uh sixty five to sixty one was it? And then the second game I won ninety something to seventy yeah, something. I have to tell them how I won. I was beating her, and then on her ninth go, she got like a spare, and then got a nine on her next shot. <laughs> and so she just jumped me by about 30. So she beat you in summation. She beat me. Who's she, Barry? I was defeated. I was defeated, but then I won the second one. So, reigning champion of the bowling universe with a score of 90, 92 or something is me. That's not true. What? We went bowling twice. Yeah. I beat you the first time. Yeah. And today we played two games and I beat you once. Which yeah, but means that overall... Yeah, but who won the most recent game? That doesn't matter. <laughs> UFC men can Ooh, fight three not... times, but who win the third one is El Campeon. It's not winner stays on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you've beaten me more times than I've beaten you, but I won the last one. And you're only as good as your last fight. That is the weirdest logic ever, but but why? Whatever. Why is it weird? When you when you were when you were talking about the bumpers, I thought you were going to say that you played with the bop. No, which we I didn't. Was gonna, which I was going to protest to because you, uh, no one. Listen, 
everyone sucks at bowling. It's fine. No one over the age of twelve should use the goddamn bumpers. I'm glad. I'm proud of you that you didn't. No, the bumpers is the wild card, Barry. Not not all of us suck at bowling, Barry. Okay, well, you know, no, fair enough. I mean, uh, average, average Joe. You know, not, not our Joe, but the average Joe. Do you do? Do you use the thing as well, Barry? The big like slide that you push the ball down. <laughs> no, no. I would rather do terribly without the assistance of any of these things. It's better to live on your feet than die on your knees, Paul. You know what I mean? That saying was invented about bowling. All right. Ah, I see. <laughs> Apropos. By the way, just you mentioned Joe watching football i've thrown it out here right oh, everyone's watching it but uh, me okay hang on, I'm well gonna... it, it, i'm not distracted because i don't care but i just had it on um and can i just you know i don't think we uh, as as irishmen have discussed this enough on the podcast the rte player is the worst goddamn app video streaming app i've ever used in my fucking life it's the worst it's not connecting to my chromecast for reasons i do not understand um and it just looks awful and everything about it sucks but it. uh i'm putting the game go, hey on. go on uh Croatia, yeah, alright alright, I'm putting the game on but I'm going to be about a minute behind everybody else because I'm going to be on the Sky Go app on my tablet yeah, I'm also watching it on my tablet because the aforementioned we're meant to be doing a podcast here, four of us are watching a football game (laughs) anyway, right 68 minutes, we have the game on who who else had a thing happen in their life this week uh, on the Life Golf uh, uh, thingy uh, what else was on there? I hired an exam for work, so I'll be oh, doing this um, qualification uh, through work through the kind of official. Uh, it's called the Institute of Practitioners of Advertising, and it's mm-hmm. like the trade trade body for all advertising and marketing companies in in the UK. Mm-hmm. They do sort of qualifications and and professional development. So I'll be doing. I've been studying for ages. It actually it was like 35 hours of study for this this qualification. So right. I probably put in more work than most of my university modules, to be honest, with, <laughs> where I kind of did like 10 hours of lectures, right. if that, and then turned up for the exam. So I've been studying kind of like an hour a night for the last six weeks. So it was actually quite a lot. And then I had the exam on Thursday morning, and it was like a proper sort of two-hour. It was online. I didn't have to go and like sit in a little room oh. with oh. a man watching me or anything. So... You know, put your hand up when you need to pee. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so what, what, going into a, a little room with a man watching you is a completely different experience when you're in my line of work, Joe. Is it, Pa? Mm. Um, yeah. So I just I did it at home, just on my laptop, and it was quite, it was quite tough. It was tough. They're sort of sneaky. They, they had, some of it was multiple multiple choice, but the questions are very kind of sneaky. Mm. Oh, it's not an easy one. They give you like similar answers, and you have to try and you know, figure out the, the least worst answer in that do you prefer the like once the a millionaire questions where it's like b banana c dog yeah you're like oh, yeah got this one yeah get cut to the chase you know i don't <laughs> want to not the chase the tv show although that is also multiple choice <laughs> yeah anyway. but that would only give you three choices so even easier to guess yeah even easier um they should do that with exams actually just have like a chaser and a take the exam as well <laughs> And then at the end, you compare answers, and they can be like, oh, didn't do very well there, did you? And other quips. Um, yeah, so, but I was really glad it was over, because although it's like, you know, it's not life and death, but I was doing a lot of studying and kind of a weight off my mind now. I can just relax, watch the World Cup, and not feel guilty that I'm not revising or reading notes. All right. So that was good. 
and I get the results in a few weeks. So. Good luck. Fingers crossed. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think that was I think that was everyone's life cup. I did nothing else except be sort of slightly agitated at the heat. Um, uh, busy weekend next weekend, so I said I'd take this one off to just catch up on TV and stuff like that. Uh, two wrestling shows next week and and whatnot. So um, so yeah, uh, we can I suppose segue from there into our, our various guffs. I suppose this is kind of my you know kind of life guff. Finally got. Uh, following up from last week, I got the cables I required to set up the uh, PlayStation VR uh, gimmick. Uh, the fucking PlayStation 3 USB cables that I needed to charge those stupid controllers. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in one final fuck you uh, uh, to me, uh, they have to be connected to the console to charge. You can't put the cable in thing and put the other end of the cable into a plug and plug it into the wall like every other device under the sun. It has to go into the console. And I thought, is this wire broken or something? So I looked it up on the official PlayStation sort of user manual, like the online version, and it explicitly states to charge it, you have to plug it into the console. So um, I only have one available USB port. What if you don't have a PS3, though? Well, why would you want to use the Move controllers then, sir? For no, VR. no, it works. It works. No, it works with the PS4. It works with the okay, PS4. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, but it, it just has to be. It has to be a, con- a console, right? So PS4, of course, has two USB uh, things. One of mine is occupied by my hard drive, which I can't remove while the system is on because that's where all my shit is stored. So I had to charge them one at a time on the uh, alternating in and out of the remaining USB slot. This is not ideal. This is not ideal. So, so that was a, a bit of a pain in the hole. But I did eventually get the working, and I got to try the headset out. Uh, the first thing I did was the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming VR. It's uh, it was a free experience, which is kind of the code people use for for this isn't really a full game. It's just a couple of minutes of of uh, of, uh, of playing around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because this was my first thing I did, there was some faffing around with the camera. Obviously, I'm in a small sort of uh, city center apartment. I don't have a whole lot of room to be making, moving furniture around and, and whatnot. But it was pretty fun. Basically, uh, uh, you're on a New York City rooftop. Uh, uh, and it's basically target practice with your web shooters. Uh, you could, there's some kind of physics-y stuff where you could web onto like, some garbage on this rooftop and fling it to the other side. It's all well and good. And then the final kind of, after five minutes of like target practice, there's like a cutscene where you jump onto a crane and vultures flying around it's really impressive the scale of everything looks good i got a little bit of vertigo because this is my first time doing any kind of vr thing that played around with heights mm. uh, and that was fine but so while i so it was it was a fun enough thing it's a free thing it's on psn but uh, doing this i kind of realized okay my i need to change my furniture uh, situation because every time i was like turning to look at something on my periphery and moving my body the second the move controllers go out of frame, like the camera, the PS4 camera is what's tracking your movements. Mm. Uh, the, the, your hands, which is what they correspond to in the game. Spider-Man's hands just start going crazy like he's having a fucking epileptic fist. Um, so so it's, really, it's really finicky. And I noticed this in the other games as well. Uh, there's, there, you know, like I mentioned last week, it's, it is a... It really doesn't seem like the system was made for VR. They cobbled together this thing where the camera does it, and it's impressive for what it is, but it does feel like it's barely holding itself together at times, which is a problem. Um, and the same is true for the headset as well, is that if you turn your head uh, 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 you know, to look behind you, you kind of just have a few 
seconds or about a minute of grace before they, it starts you know, bobbing in and out or you start getting error messages. Um, which, by the way, this isn't just inconvenient and not fun. Because it's VR and you're, you know, you're literally you know, putting yourself in this virtual space and, and it's all you can see. It's also a little nauseating when the things stop working. Because you, the, the world starts jumping around, so so there's some problems with that first one. So I shuffled things around and uh, and I tried a different arrangement for the next two games I played, and they worked better, but were still were still flawed. So so just bear that in mind, I suppose. So uh, the two other kind of proper actual games I played were uh, Batman Arkham VR, which I finished, uh, which is developed by the actual Batman Arkham team at Rock City, uh, and it is probably uh one of the real kind of showpieces this is the kind of thing i'd maybe say to someone who's never done this before here pop this headset on and play this for a half hour just to wow them right. uh you're you're you know it, it's and it's so that this was 30 euro and it was about 90 minutes two hours worth of stuff and it's extremely linear there is not any kind of replayability it's not really showing you any there's not kind of any mechanics that you think could be like replayed or anything like that. It's it's uh, it's fun for what it is, but I don't know that it was necessarily worth the money. But uh, basically, you uh, you know you get to you know descend into the Batcave and you get to play around with with uh, uh, some gadgets. You know, throw some batarangs at some targets. Uh, uh, you, there's a there's a, a bat garage section that basically feels almost like a. Uh, a virtual reality sort of model viewer, like where you could literally rotate the various vehicles just to kind of admire them uh, uh, and things like that. Uh, and then there's some light puzzle solving, uh, and, and uh, 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 that's basically it. It's cool. It's very immersive. It looks great. It has the great music. It has the voice acting. I think it's Kevin Conroy, and I think it's Mark Hamill. There's not a whole lot of dialogue in it, but it sounds like the real deals. Um, and there's a very co- very cool twist ending that I appreciated. But... 30 euro for 90 minutes of what feels it it i think my big criticism is it felt like it was in the same ballpark as the spider-man thing just slightly more fleshed out and that was free um so there was that and then the other thing i played was uh uh super hot vr which is a vr version of uh, the already excellent super hot game uh on playstation uh and xbox um that is really cool. So basically, that is a, uh, a first-person shooter where time moves when you move, and so that corresponds to your head and your hands in this case. Uh, where basically you're dodging bullets uh, that are being shot at you by enemies, and then you're returning fire. But of course, you have to account for the fact that time isn't moving, so you're kind of shooting where your enemies might go and stuff like that. Very, very cool. It also has a weird kind of very uh, 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 cyberpunky storyline to it which is not something i would kind of associate with with a vr game like an actual story but there's some weird stuff going on uh yeah it's pretty cool but again there was some tracking issues it was a nauseating in parts um so so again it's 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 limited by the system but it's a very cool idea Uh, and overall yeah so i'm having some fun with it um i think it's 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 not going to Right now, it's not like this thing where I'm like, this is going to change the way I play games, or this is this is going to be the, my new favorite thing to do. I, I'm I'm happy enough with my purchase, but uh, still have some reservations about the old uh, the system in general. Are but, you going to uh, pick up Resident Evil? Uh, so we had Resident Evil, 
and finished it. And I believe we gave it to a friend of ours. So I, we were, we actually, my, me and my roommate were talking about that. We're going to try and get that back and, and, and play it. I imagine it will be absolutely terrifying because the main game is scary enough. But the Batman, which if you played the Arkham games, those games, you know, they have a, you know, kind of a, a horror, a small horror element to it. I was getting freaked out playing that. I was like, "Oh, this is this is unnerving." There's a, a segment in it where they they do some nice kind of uh, illusionary kind of uh, impossible space trickery, where you look one direction and then you turn back, and they've uh, they've switched up what's happening around you, and they start enclosing the space around you. And I was getting very anxious. Um, it's it's you know moments like that feel like they really are uh, uh, showing you here's the uh, you know you know here's what's cool about VR. Um, so yeah, I think I'll, I'll give I'll give Resident Evil uh, a go. The, the, the pressure might be off because I, since I finished it, I know where the scares are coming from, but I, I imagine it'll still be quite terrifying. One other VR question for you, Barry. You have go a on. Pixel Two, right? Yes. Have you thought about picking up a Google Daydream? Yes, I did actually. So I was uh, I was th- that was actually what I was going to get before the the, the PlayStation One. Uh, I was considering it, and then when I saw that the PlayStation One was kind of was a little bit more affordable, obviously Sony. I mentioned last week Sony like they dropped the price of the new ones, which in turn knocked down the price of the pre-owned ones, which which put it in a range where I was like, this is okay. This seems like a solid deal. So I I don't know that I would necessarily have two, but I was very tempted. I like the idea of the of the uh, the daydream. It looks really nice, and and uh, it's less awkward. I mean, it's that it just I've seen people use it. It's just this great. Kind of more or less wire-free uh, experience. The, the PSVR is kind of a nightmare in terms of setting it up, but also uh, uh, you have to plug in and a, a, a third party, you know, a third unrelated set of headphones has to be plugged in for you to, for you to get the 3D audio. Uh, so the, the a mobile phone uh, VR thing was definitely on my mind, but I kind of just decided to go to spring for the for the console version. But I was considering it. It looks it looks cool. Um, I have. I have the Samsung version of it, and it's they're pretty fun. Yeah. You're not going to play your Spider-Man on it or your Resident Evil, but they got some pretty yeah. neat little gimmicks on there. Um, and you know, the, the, I mean, the, funny, the funny thing is that it does kind of feel, like, with the exception of Super Hot, which does feel like a, a real game, uh, so far it does feel like the PlayStation 1 is just gimmicks. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's more expensive, but, it, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for that truly... Uh, and you know that truly next level thing. I mean, they got Skyrim on there, but that's it's, it's still full price. It's seventy euro for Skyrim VR. I just checked it there this morning. It's like, well, I just I just forked out for the for the Switch version, which I've also barely played. So and I I can't spend one hundred and fifty bucks on Skyrim this year. I gotta have some self control at some point. Um, so uh, so yeah, I think I think the, but I think VR in general is very much a uh, a work in progress. A wait and see. Um, uh, and hopefully there's some there's some some good stuff coming out maybe in the next year or two. But uh, that's that's really been my, uh, my my video game intake this week, uh, Paul. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to to, to mention. Yeah, I weirdly I didn't have any time to play Last of Us. Or, sorry, oh yeah, the Last of Us this week. Um, but I did have like. Uh, I think I was waiting. It was yesterday before we went to get the train. I had like ten fifteen minutes. While Natty was getting ready. And I was just looking through my PlayStation games to see if there's anything that I could just, like, one of my little indie games pick up and play for a few minutes. And I don't know why, but the game that I stopped on uh, was Spy Chameleon, 
which okay. is uh, a little indie game. I think it was originally came out on the Xbox One around the time of its launch, like maybe late 2013, early 2014. And it's essentially like a puzzle stealth slash like maze game. It's very cartoony. Uh, it's top-down view as well. And you play uh, a chameleon and you have to kind of work your way through these little mazes while avoiding, you know, cameras and that kind of thing while, while collecting uh, various collectibles. And yeah, I played it for like, I don't know, 15 minutes and it was, it was actually pretty fun. Um, it's one of those PS Plus games that I just picked up and never really had any intention to play. But uh, I don't know. It was definitely a fun little 20 minutes. I might go back to it later and try and... I don't think there's that many levels in it. I might try and just breeze my way through and beat it. It, do, it does have a platinum, weirdly enough. And it's not an especially difficult game. Like, part of the mechanic of the game is that you, as a chameleon, can kind of change your color to blend in with various, uh, you know, backgrounds and carpets and stuff like that, um, which will kind of hide you from the the cameras and, and the, the, the robots who are trying to hunt you down. Um, but yeah, that was just like a nice little short game to pick up and play while... Uh, get waiting for that ten fifteen minutes, but I without picking up Last of Us and playing ten minutes of it, I feel like that's not something that I'd be interested in doing. Uh, Last of Us haven't played at all since last time we spoke, but uh, that's definitely my main game for the moment, and I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, not much else apart from that. I don't think anyone else. Uh, no. I, uh, I've, been, I've actually been yeah I've been playing a game called Slay the Spire, mm. which is a it's basically a card deck building game. But there's other there's other little weird things going on where you'll get different stuff that boost your stats and whatnot. It's fifteen dollars on Steam, mm. and I figured oh, I'll pick it up. It's a nice little early access game. In the last week and a half, I've probably spent fifty hours on it. <laughs> It's one of those games you just like, oh, I'll just play one round and then it's climb the tower with your stuff and beat the bad guys along the way and you just get lost in it. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that because it was just just before doing this show I saw someone tweet about it and I didn't know I'd never heard of this before before they said it now now you. That's interesting. I'm looking at pictures of it now. I think this there was a, cool. a pre rec video about it, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, this definitely seems very familiar to me. Yeah, this looks cool. Yeah, yeah. This, Austin, that's Austin Walker was on a podcast, uh, and he talked about it. Uh, they did the whole podcast on it, and it caught my eye. I'm like, all right, you know what? For 15 bucks, I'll give it a try. And I've more than my money's worth already. Oh, that's great. It's better when, than when something just comes out of nowhere. I'm still, I'm still waiting cool. for one of Scott's recommendations to be ported to PlayStation or Switch, because <laughs> I just can't. Which one? Uh, it right. was in... Into the breach is that what it's called? Oh, oh yes, oh I'm also gosh. I'm also waiting for that. I, I, I want that to hit the the switch because I I can't I can't bring myself to play it on a computer. I just I I don't have that skill set required to do it. Um, yeah, that would be a what? great switch game. That would even be a great iPad game. Oh yes, yeah. I think didn't uh, their previous game come to uh, tablets? I believe um, was it uh, faster than light? Yes. Uh, yeah, and I think it was very well received there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I imagine I imagine that will at the very least come to iOS and Android platforms in the near future. But yeah, I've heard great things about that. 
Um, yeah. Um, I'm kind of st- just doing a little catch-up of, of games at the moment, because outside of the VR stuff, which, by the way, as an aside, in this heat, I could maybe do 20 minutes of the VR stuff at a time. It's, oh, it's good imagine. exercise. It's pretty, it's surprisingly intense, especially super hot, which is li- literally bobbing and weaving and doing matrix uh, uh, backbending to avoid bullets. Um, but yeah, so I come for a I'm, visit, Barry? It's 36 <laughs> degrees Celsius outside right now. Absolutely never. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to me that it's hotter here than it was when I was in, in Texas when I was in Texas. I mean, I, 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 I'm struggling. But anyway, uh, outside of the VR circle, I was kind of, I got back into Rise of the Tomb Raider. I really want to finish that uh, before the next one comes out. Um, and uh, yeah, just just kind of a quiet, quite a quiet, kind of quiet summer. None of the big, some stuff coming out at the moment doesn't really do much to be the crew stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, you know, um, nothing, nothing grabbed me. So working working through the backlog there. Uh, we got a lot of movies to do. Should we do uh, movies and then we can do our quiz? Would that be good? Sounds good to me. Uh, I saw a couple of movies this week. Uh, none of them are especially. Uh, uh, noteworthy here, so I'm going to run through them. I saw Tag, which is a kind of... Uh, I haven't even heard of Tag. I, mean, I only heard of it because I saw... I think he's caught my eye because I think Hannibal Barres was doing press for it. Oh. I think he's really funny and I enjoy him quite a lot. It uh, sounds like the title of a mo- movie The Rock would have done in like 2006. Tag. I, have a story. <laughs> I have a story about a rock Tag. movie, actually. We'll get to it in a second, but uh, so tag is kind of like it takes the um, sort of uh, you know role models or without a paddle or grown ups, the kind of model of uh, grown ups who don't want to grow up type comedy, buddy right. comedy, and kind of really runs with it. It's basically about uh, a, a four or five uh, good friends who've been friends since they were like you know five years old and they keep this game of tag going for uh, 35 years or whatever it is into their 40s uh and it basically every the may of every year the game reactivates and they they travel across the world and they and they uh they play a game of tag and, and whoever is it by the end of the month of may is basically a giant loser they they so much as say there's no actual stakes it's just a very childlike you're the loser if you're it at the end of the month so uh, all these friends come together it's it's uh it's the month of may and they have one friend played by jeremy renner who has never been it in their entire you know 30 year friendship he's always eluded them and and they they come together to hatch this plan to finally get him and i never thought i'd say this but jeremy renner was maybe the highlight of this movie because he is in this kind of, you know, uh, mildly amusing body comedy, he is this deadpan, kind of almost like a parody of a Jeremy Renner character in another movie, like super slick martial artist, uh, uh, you know, cool guy, who every time someone nearly tags him, he, they have like a highly choreographed fight scene where he takes them down without without letting them physically touch his body. It's 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 really weird, but um, it's all right. It's 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 not a go out of your way to see thing. It's you know it, it is one of those that I only got to see because like yeah hey, you know I got the got the limitless so go to see it. Um, it's all right. Uh, it's based on a true story. <laughs> I think the best part of it was during the credits they showed actual uh, whole movie footage of the people the story is based on. It's based on a true story. Um, and it's it's footage of these guys uh, surprising each other at like family events and and out of the blue turning up at their workplaces to to play this game and it, that that was kind of sweet. Uh, but the movie itself was just all right. It was not it was not anything special. Uh, 
so there was tag. Uh, I came out of tag. And uh, my main takeaway from Tag, I think the first thing I tweeted was, before Tag, I saw a, movie, a, trailer, a trailer for the Roxy movie Skyscraper, and boy, does that look like shit. Uh, <laughs> which, uh, one of the Rock's like, social media buddies, some, some verified dude I'd never heard of who had Skyscraper stuff all over his Twitter, replied to me and said, give it a shot. If you don't like it as much as Tag, I'll pay for your ticket. Uh, so I so I'm going to go see that movie, and I will be adding this man to get my ticket price back. If if that movie is as shit as it looked in the trailers, which I also saw before Sicario two, and it confirmed to me that yes, it looks absolutely dreadful. Um, also, The Rock did a very a very weird, very somewhat wounded Instagram post just a few hours ago about how Skyscraper took thirty million domestically, and he seemed like that was he said it was like okay, but. He's very not okay with it. I don't know. The Rock is extremely weird these days. I, I, I don't know what his deal is, but he seems like he's not having a great time. He just he tweeted a few minutes. He, he tweeted a few minutes ago some posters that he said he'd had commissioned. Um, of of him, the skyscraper posters, but in the style of Tower and Inferno and Die Hard. Yeah. It seems as if The Rock is now commissioning his own fanfic. Kind of tum- oh, fanfic Tumblr <laughs> poster designs. <laughs> oh, like what, in the style of these movies, people have accused us of directly ripping off. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's inspired by. Anyway, so thought, watch watch that space. I thought fanfic was how The Rock picked his next script. I <laughs> uh, get get me one with me in a brown shirt jumping away from an explosion. I love that. That's my favorite. Um, anyway. So uh, I saw Sicario two, but in preparation for that, I rewatched Sicario one. Yeah, Ooh. which is a uh, Denis Villeneuve. How do you pronounce his last name? Villeneuve. Paul would know. Denis. Yeah, it's Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Okay, so I first watched this movie coming home from Texas uh, on the plane. With my sunstroke, um, okay. and I <laughs> your son's what? Sunstroke. Oh. What did you think I said? <laughs> I don't know. Like you had a little <laughs> son next to you watching the movie or something. Anyway, <laughs> my son had a little stroke of the plane. That's what <laughs> <laughs> he got taken away from me when we landed. Anyway, <laughs> I, me- I remember. Don't worry, though. You're booked for NJPW. You're grand. Oh no, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, uh. So I remember sort of uh, enjoying it in, to some degree, but being very confused by it. And it's also a very sort of uh, unrelenting film, very harsh, very shade. Every single aspect of it is Shades of Grey. It's like Shades of Grey, the movie. Hmm. Um, and I remember not really making much of it other than the fact that it was gorgeous. It's a really stylish film. Uh, so I rewatched it um, yesterday. And I, I guess it's, I guess it's a grower uh, uh, because I really, really loved it. Um, uh, rewatching it yesterday, um, I don't know if it was maybe just I was more kind of prepared for it, or I knew where it was going, and so maybe I, you know, when you're kind of watching back for things, knowing where the conclusion yeah, is. I had exactly the same sensation watching it the second time. Yeah, I. So, so I watched it a second time, and my my reaction was, uh, I would nearly watch that again. I would watch that again just to see, just to kind of. Uh, um, just to really kind of soak it in. Uh, really, really loved it. Uh, really loved Emily Blunt in it specifically. I thought she was fantastic. 
Um, you know, the 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 sort of moral ambiguity of it all, which mm. at first the first time I viewed it felt kind of like repressive and kind of hard to hard to invest in. Like, how can I really get into this when it's just everything everything sucks and there's no one to root for? I just kind of found it more compelling this time. Um, really fantastic film. I think it might be my favorite of his films, actually, because I, I liked I liked Prisoners. I didn't love it. I liked Blade Runner. I didn't love it. I want to rewatch both of them, specifically Blade Runner. But uh, really, really love that. So, so that's Sicario. I had the same. So um, like when I watched Sicario the first time, I remember thinking like, because like, I, I had seen already at that stage, Prisoners, Enemy, and Sandy. Yeah. a lot of his movies. And I was like, this, it's, it's kind of similar to what I, what I felt watching Dunkirk, where I was uh, like, you know, I really like a lot of Chris Nolan's movies. This one just isn't particularly Chris Nolan-y in that way. And I think I had, so, I had some expectations of what Sicario was going to be, and it wasn't. And so I, I was kind of maybe disappointed by it. Um, but watching it back, like especially the scene where they drive in across the border for the first time into Mexico, that whole like 15 minutes is... Maybe, as you say, like some of the best stuff he's done, <laughs> you know, like I, I remember watching that the second time, watching that scene where they drive in, you see the bodies hanging from the bridge, for example. Yes. And just after yeah. a while, I was like, I haven't breathed in about a minute. <laughs> you know, it's just like so tense. Um, that whole 15 minutes stretch is just like amazing. It's excellent. Yeah. Um, so, um, so then I went to see the sequel. Which doesn't have uh, Villeneuve as directing. Uh, doesn't have Roger Deakins as the director of photography, which is uh, which is uh, arguably as big a blow because uh, that because that first film is is gorgeous. Uh, doesn't have Emily Blunt, which is also arguably as big a blow because watching it back, you know, she her character is also flawed and is also kind of not really a protagonist but she's the closest thing to an audience surrogate in that very confusing very morally ambiguous world she's missing from it uh the only the only common thing between the uh the two films really is is uh josh brolin and um uh benicio del toro in the in the leading roles and uh, taylor sheridan wrote both films um and i think i think Villeneuve was involved in a kind of producery role early on, but to the point that it was literally just when the film was announced. I, I looked it up after the fact, and he became unattached to the film at some point. He's not credited at all in the film, which tells me he was not involved very much. Mm. Uh, and it really shows. Uh, the second one, it's kind of like an, it's kind of like a thriller version of what Tag is to comedy. It's like a it is a watchable thriller that that feels like it just feels like a less extraordinary film crew made uh, a vague approximation of that first one it's it's kind of stylish but it doesn't look nearly as good it's grim but not as kind of uh uh you know thought-provoking as the original the performances are still great but you've lost emily blood you know it's it's toned down in a in a in, in a great number of ways to the point that it feels like a sort of above average thriller and not a whole lot else. I, I and the, and I don't know. I didn't come out of it thinking, hmm, maybe if I watch that again, I'll get something else from it. It it, it felt like it was all very surface level. It mm. does feel like they 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 retread a lot of the same uh, uh, points as as the first film. Well, you mentioned that it's written by the same person, so that might be to do with it. Um, 
I feel yeah, like Sicario, it, the first one as well, a lot of the better stuff of it is is not the screenplay. Like I mentioned that um the scene where they drive into Mexico. There's yeah. there's no almost no dialogue in that whole fifty minutes. It, it's it's essentially just direction and cinematography. You know? <laughs> like the the the, yeah. the script would probably say they drive to Mexico. That's it. <laughs> you know? And then it's all kind of Villeneuve's vision. Um Exactly, yeah, and, so, and, and like the, it's and like the, the other thing that struck me as well rewatching the first one was that that opening scene where they have the raid on the house. Oh, it's brilliant! It's every, oh God, everything about that scene is fantastic. This has, like, this is uh, like the 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 intro to this one is, yeah, it just this might seem like a harsher uh, uh, comments than I mean it, but a lot of Sicario Two reminds me of like a feature length twenty four episode. It's like. Everything is. It looks flatter. Everything's less ambitious. It's kind of a lot more by the numbers. Um, they they went a lot more black and white with with the 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 characters, and then they just kind of threw in some police corruption late in the film. Say, so, oh, maybe it's okay. It's like eh, not not in the same way. Not nearly as effective as it is in the first film. Like you have that moment in that in the first film in that really excellent uh, border standoff in the traffic jam, where where. Uh, Emily Blood just kind of avoids getting shot by a police officer. Um, uh, you, you know, like like there's nothing nearly as kind of uh, biting as that in it. But yeah, it's it's not bad. It's it's just it's kind of farcical that it has a name. I mean, hey, if you, if you saw the first film and you thought it's it's how could you possibly do uh, a sequel, let alone one without the director? Well, it, it, exactly. Exactly is the is the, is the point you come out of the second film with, uh, but it's not like any kind of disaster, any kind of terrible film. It's, it's 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 serviceable, and you know what? I'm sure there are probably people who will have watched the first one, didn't get it, thought it was hard to follow and weird, which I did, and then saw the second one and thought of it as more digestible and better. I'm so I'm certain that will be a thought process for some people. But um, have you seen the first yeah. one, Joe? I have. I have. And what have you seen um, it once or, or more than once? Because I'd be interested to I see. Just, I only saw it once. I did quite like it the first time round. I, I, yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I probably should see it again because I think maybe I'll enjoy it even yeah, more. Yeah, I don't know why. It's one of those movies that I kind of look back on and think, like, why didn't I kind of get it the first time? <laughs> you know, like, why didn't the, I? The story. The story isn't extremely clear. Um, uh, it's you know. They've, as I said, like Emily Blunt's kind of the closest to a protagonist, and they've delivered what's really going on is deliberately obstructed from her for half the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're jumping around from locations, and and Benicio del Toro's character is very vague, and and who he even is isn't properly explained until halfway through the film, and then it's not even pr- revealed what it actually is until basically the end of the film. Um, it's not. It is not a by the numbers cops chase down maybe it's just a grower too. maybe it's just a grower i think i think it's a big time big time grower but um but yeah joe i mean i'd be interested for you to you know if you wanted to let you know, rewatch it then also be interested to hear both your takes on on the sequel uh uh in the near future but um yeah, yeah. uh so so those are those are my movies it's in summation uh go to cex and get yourself a sicario blu-ray <laughs> Woo. Uh, and also pick up myself a blu-ray player while i'm, while I'm there <laughs> Um, I, I don't think it's on Netflix or any any service of that ilk, and, uh, unfortunately. I remember when we used to have like video shops and they actually had oh. movies in you wanted to watch. Yeah. Now we have we have Netflix that's got like one Batman movie. 
Fuck all else. Uh, Friday um, the 15th, part four. Woo! Um, I did, saying that, I did find a movie that I, I wanted to watch on uh, Amazon Prime last night. Um, it was The Death of Starling by uh, Armando Anucci, creator of The Thick of It, Veep, In the Loop. Uh, someone whose work I enjoy. Um, so yeah, as, as you can probably guess from the title, it's about the death of Stalin, the former uh, leader of Russia, who was not a great lad, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> don't don't think much of him. He was no um, master of the understatement. Yeah, he was pretty bad. Don't mind telling you. Don't, don't, um, don't spoil the film, Joe. Don't spoil the film. No, I won't. I won't give it too much. But anyway, yeah. So he dies, and uh, it's kind of then about. Joe, the, you say it's... <laughs> it's about the the power vacuum that that kind of follows the, the days after his death. Um, it's quite. It's a funny film because it's not. Um, it's not kind of historically accurate in that sense, and that all the characters have very broad British accents, uh, quite comical accents, um, and it's it's played very much for laughs, but not in a way that kind of. I think there were some criticism of the film that it kind of makes light of you know Stalin and his crimes and everything. I don't think it does that because it does touch on all the kind of. The, the, the horrible stuff, you know, people being killed and political prisoners and that kind of stuff. But it also does have a very kind of dark comedic tone to it. Um, I wouldn't say it's as funny as In the Loop, which is one of my favourite comedy films ever. Uh, and it doesn't quite kind of nail the sort of stakes of what's going on. It's all, it's all a bit kind of mixed. I think maybe you have to know the kind of you know history of, of Russia and its politics quite well to, to maybe understand some of the more subtleties of it. Um, but I'd say overall it's quite a good film. Um, really good performances, quite a strong cast. You've got Steve Buscemi, Jeffrey Tambor, uh, Michael Palin's in it. I don't know if he's, how long it's been since he sort of appeared in a, a major major movie. Um, yeah, and lots, lots of good kind of supporting performances as well. So I would I would recommend it. Uh, although not kind of, it's not a 10 out of 10, but it's, it's a, quite an interesting movie, quite funny. So thumbs up. Um, well, I watched a couple of movies. I don't remember uh, Scott. Maybe it was the best out of the four of us to remember this. Um, <laughs> I think I probably mentioned Inferno at some point uh, last week, but I don't remember if I had watched the entire movie by then. No, you hadn't. Okay. Well, I have. I have now. Uh, inf- I'm sorry. Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> have you seen Inferno, Scott? Yes, unfortunately, uh, like I said, Inferno I is is dreadful. Fine. Inferno is is um not only bad in terms of the the Dan Brown universe, but is is one of the worst movies I, I think I've ever seen. Um, oh. like we mentioned in in past weeks, Joe and myself have this guilty enjoyment of. Angels and Demons and the Da Vinci Code, yeah. Because you know what I like about it is here's here's a real life painting and here's here's an interpretation of it. No matter how kind of nonsensical and wacky it can be, it's like here's a thing that ooh, what does this mean? Ooh, Inferno doesn't even have that. Um, mm-hmm. At the start of the movie, Dan Brown finds this little like laser pointer in his coat, and it's it, it's um the, pa- oh, the this pa- is the same what Jesus used. <laughs> <laughs> It's the painting of um, the Inferno based on Dante's Inferno. I don't remember who did the painting originally, but it's that painting, right? 
Um, but instead of like, here's what the painting represents, it's just someone like modified the painting to write letters on like legs in the painting. And then they're like, the letters, it's an anagram. And I'm like, well, that's nothing to do with the original painting. This is bollocks. And um, yeah, the movie just has some of the least uh, sensical and least satisfying twists, I think, that you can find where like, uh, not not to spoil it but i i would nearly want to spoil it for people so they don't watch it because it's a complete waste of time but you know your typical oh the good the goody was the baddie all along and that kind of retcons the first hour of the movie where, where you're like well well that doesn't make any sense that that happens um it's just nonsense like and i know that the da vinci code is nonsense but even within that nonsense there's a certain logic and inferno doesn't even have that it's it's super lazy um dan uh dan brown tom hanks just like sleepwalks his way through he's he's in it but he looks like he doesn't care um felicity jones who was in rogue Ooh. one she's dreadful um she ain't good i'm sorry to say um sure she's she's up there or or down there however you want to call it she's she's with emilia clark as just actresses who i don't get how they get hired because they're just Ooh. the worst Ooh, i think that's very harsh on felicity jones to compare it to <laughs> Clark. i mean i think there are there are levels here. well it's i've seen i think she's been good in stuff like it's not like she can't act like that's what maybe the the dante's inferno is really about that's our interpretation of is you have on the bottom level is amelia clark that's the bottom level of hell and above that <laughs> Felicity Jones above that. Um Aaron Taylor Johnson I'll put down there as well. Um just a stinker. Um Anyway, Inferno, I mean, even if you're a Dan Brown fan, avoid of at all costs. It is unbelievably bad. Um in almost every sense. Um I also watched a ghost story, which Barry watched last year. Yes, and ever since then, uh, it's been definitely one of my watch lists. A ghost story for those who don't know is the the movie that came out last year, where Casey Affleck is a ghost in it, and he has the the tablecloth over his head, and the eyes drawn yeah. on. That that's that's how, what this movie is known as. Yes. Um, can you remind me, Barry? What was your take on a ghost story? Uh, so I've actually only watched it once. And it, it's something that I, I watched online and I immediately bought the Blu-ray because I wanted to watch it again. Have not got around to it. Yeah. Uh, I remember being intrigued and then early on it moved so fucking slow that I was of the belief that I was going to hate it. Because I was like, is this going to be a, you know, an interminably slow indie movie that takes forever to go anywhere? Uh, I stuck with it, and by the midpoint, I was kind of in, and by the end, I loved it. I loved right. it. Uh, uh, yeah, and it's and I I envisioned it would be a movie that people would turn off uh, before they got far into it, uh, uh, and, and and envisioned that even that there would also be a lot of people who would get to the end and also still hate it because it is a very it's it's a very indie movie. Even mm. even once it kind of gets going, it's very indie. Um, so yeah, so what, so what did, what did you make of it? Um, there were parts of the movie that I, I really liked. Um, there were parts of the movie I really loved and there were parts of the movie that I really hated. Um, I think it was really a mixed bag. Um, 
Uh, I wouldn't maybe not say that it's it's so much very indie. It's definitely very arty. It's a very arty film. Um, yeah, you can tell that right that's away. Probably, that's by that's the, probably a better term. The the, yeah. the stupid aspect that they shoot in the little square Instagram um, format. It's, it's like not in widescreen. It's in this little it's four by three rounded edge. Well, it's not even really four by three because it is um, cut off. It's letterboxed at the top and bottom. Um, but then it's like curved and the sides are cut off. So it's a really odd choice. Um, I one that I don't understand why they do it because it doesn't doesn't give any extra like the the, the film doesn't feel any uh, more claustrophobic or any smaller because of it. it just I, 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 I like that. Hang on now, hang on. I forgot. What about ten minutes in that about, I was, it, it was even shot like that? What about like the, the uh, um, uh, like that first scene where they're in bed though? It's like they're they're like they they're they're like nose to nose asleep in bed and they take up the entire frame. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'll concede that too. I mean, I, I mean, I I I don't adore that aspect of the film, but I can see what it's going for. But I I can see how how you might also look at it and go, eh. yeah. As you say as well, the first thirty minutes or so are like excruciatingly, um, yeah, you know, I'll say boring. Did you? Did you were you questioning your existence during the pie scene? Uh, well, the pie scene is kind of the infamous scene where Rooney Mara eats a pie for about three minutes of the film. Three three uninterrupted minutes. I th- I thought the pie scene was just one of many like gratuitously long scenes or gratuitously long shots where nothing happens. Um, like there's the 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 scene where he becomes a ghost is just uh, again an uninterrupted shot of him lying motionless under a sheet on a steel table in a morgue for what yeah. feels like two minutes before he sits up and I'm like what is why is this shot so long yeah just the first half hour just is like glacially slow um to yeah the point that I can imagine people just turn off going this this is boring shite. Um, but then, yeah, then the, when the movie actually got going, um, once it became what the film is really about, uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, I especially liked the, the speech by the, the guy at the party. Cause he, he, he kind of tells you what the movie is about more or less. It's just like, but it's I, not, not in yeah. a way that it's like exposition, but in a way that just kind of makes it easier to, to understand, you know, like he, he, he's talking uh, to a group at a party just about things going on in his head. And that kind of speaks of what the movie is truly about. Um, and then, yeah, the ending I really loved as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just feel it's only an hour and a half long and yet it feels like super long winded, <laughs> you know, I think especially because of that, that beginning. Um, at the same time, I don't know what more you could kind of do. Um, and nor can I say, like, oh, we'll just edit out all that, like, nothingness. Because then the film's only going to be an hour ten long. Um, yeah, and it's also, for better or worse, it's like if they're going for something. Like, like I don't want to spoil what happens, because I, I imagine there's a lot of people who haven't seen this yet. Yeah. But time starts, like, within the canon of the film, time starts moving it doesn't start start moving, but the ghost character kind of just li- lifetimes are going past in, yeah. in, in, during the course of this film. Whereas 
when you're following the Rudy Mara's kind of grieving process, like every second is like an hour, and that's all very deliberate. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's the type of film that generally I would just hate. Like my my in some ways my initial reaction was right because this is the kind of film. But for whatever reason, when it was done, it just clicked with me massively. Um, uh, but I can definitely see everything you're, you're you're talking about. The way you're describing it sounds like a Final Fantasy game. It's once you get past the first thirty <laughs> hours or so, it starts to get good. Uh, it's, it's much better than that. Don't worry. I feel like again, not to uh, talk about Sakari again, but I feel like it's maybe a movie that I would enjoy more second time around especially that first half hour because i kind of have a better understanding of what it is um whereas watching it for, for the first time it does just seem like an extremely slow art house movie and that is not my thing yeah um but again once you get over that hump it's it's quite good i, I mean i went to seven out of ten on it um i've seen people go higher i've seen people go far lower uh but it, yeah all in all i think it was i think it was good um I I I'm not a big Casey Affleck fan. I think I would say as well. No, me neither. I don't like me his high pitched mumbly voice. Because <laughs> um, half time I, I can't tell what he's saying half the time. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I thought it was good all in all. Uh, okay. Uh, any other any other movies to discuss? I think that's it. Alrighty. Uh, let me see here. So yeah, I guess we got no TV guff this week. Guess nobody watched anything. Uh, I have renewed my Amazon video thingy because uh, Preacher's Ooh. back. Want to watch me some Preacher? Um, uh, so yeah, I'll get to that uh, probably in time for next week's show. Other than that, just kind of watching the usual Brooklyn Nine Nine or stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so I guess we can jump into uh, uh, our, our quiz now, our, our, our tradition, one of our one of the few traditions we have on the show, because uh, God knows we can't stick to a day of the week to do it on. Uh, we got Scott on here to do our, our, our typical milestone uh, quiz segment. Uh, so I guess I'll throw it over to Scott. He's, a, he's, he's the man with the plan. All right. Well, before we get to the quiz, can I give uh, especially Barry and Paul some good news? Yeah. Uh, Subset Games, the company that created Into the Breach... While they haven't announced uh, that they are going to port to the Switch, they have said, we are aware of the interest in the Switch version. That's very nice of them. Thank you. Yes. Do it. With any luck, it will be coming too soon. Okay, as we do this every year, every 50 episodes, I have been collecting some of my favorite comments, clips, quips, and other little shenanigans that have gone on on the show. And I do a little quiz for you guys, since you guys can't remember anything about your own show. Episode 350, Tree Fitty. <laughs> what did Barry not do that caused Joe to call him a cunt while he was on vacation? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so that would have been a year ago. Uh, went to Spain. Yes, maybe, yeah. maybe trying the local food. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, are we working together or against right, each other? We, um, is, this, is this multiple choice, Scott? Uh, just... No, no. Usually, I just give you guys the the question, and each of you takes a guess at it, and I give you a point if you okay. get it right. And okay, I, I'll I, go for. Uh, yeah, not not eating the local food. That's my guess. Yeah, I'll say I'll say the same. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh. He was in Spain because I, I I know this because I. 
um, edited a little intro for this episode, and that had 350, like the first minute or so of 350. Um, no, I'll, t- I'll pick, take a different answer just to change it up. I will say he didn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Paul is correct. Uh... Now, in fairness, I didn't hear that today, <laughs> so I, I'm not cheating. You'll hear in the little thing that I put started this podcast, the part that I heard. But I figured that's what it would be. I mean, it's not cheating if you want to listen back to the last 50 episodes. That's, that's that would take me a very long time. <laughs> that's revision. That's fine. Also in that episode, Paul went to a local celebration downtown, and he saw Irish Whip Wrestling. Oh, what yes. were the two wrestlers he saw go at each other at that event? Oh, very local named. I'm girl. not sure I'm even going to remember this. God. I'll give you a point for each one you can name. I know one for this, sure. It was this, but it was something like, like the Kill Dare Killer and shit like that. It was like <laughs> fucking. The Gal- it was like the Galway guy or something. It, it oh, was man. Galway Grappler was one. For sure. <laughs> Worst shit yep. ever. And was the other one. Was it the Ballymud Bruiser who's worked OTT in the past? <laughs> was it actually him or am I. No, no. Galway, Grappler, Galway Grappler is one for sure. Yep. Who was he against? Was it, was it Bingo Balance? I think it was. It did start with a B. Um, was it yes, Bubblegum bubble versus Bingo Balance? Bubblegum! <laughs> That's a match I remember. One. Oh, problematic up. Irish with wrestling. Golly Grappler. And... No, Bubblegum tags up with um, uh, Prawn Michaels. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. Ah, God, I can't remember what the other one was. Um, it was the Belfast Brawler. Belfast ah. Brawler. Uh, Brawler. That, would, that, that must have been one of the kings of the north. <laughs> he wasn't, unfortunately. <laughs> no. But I, I get a point for Golly Grappler, I suppose. Then. Correct. Uh, in episode 353, Wrestling Manager 2017, when talking about the Hulk Hogan versus Gawker case, who referred to it as Knobgate? <laughs> okay. uh, Joe, I'm going to say Joe. Joe. I, I reckon Barry. I say Joe as well. It was indeed Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm three for three on this, apart from the, the bonus point for the last one. I didn't forget. Also on that episode, what video game was play, What was Joe playing when somebody came into the room and it scared him so bad he almost shat himself? <laughs> that, that would have to be the only video game I've played in the last year, which is Doom. Doom, is it? Doom. Yes, it is. Good job. God, I remember that now, yeah. <laughs> Episode 354, He Hurt Him Ding Dong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Who did Paul say was on par with Robin Williams as an actor that caused the other two hosts to break out in anger? I know. I know who it is. I bet I know. (laughs) Is it Adam Sandler? I was thinking Adam Sandler as well. On par with Robin Williams as an actor. (laughs) God. Do I know? This it? is gonna. This is well. I can't remember what it is, but this is gonna make me angry again. Uh, um. One uh, of the three Stooges. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Mm. <laughs> is it The Rock? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, uh, oh, wait. Was it? Was it uh, Jack Black? I think it was. Jack yes, Black. it was. Oh, you yeah. idiot! You fucking idiot! <laughs> because Jurandji too, obviously. That's what that's about. Oh, God, exactly. 
episode 367, No Justice for Ghosts. Which of the hosts <laughs> thought Hurricane Ophelia looked like a giant carrot before realizing it was the path <laughs> and not the actual hurricane? <laughs> Barry! <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely Barry. Uh, yeah, I think it was Barry. Barry. Whoops. Barry, your guess? Yeah, it was me. Paul? Yeah, Barry. I think I think we all we all say this one was Barry. I think Barry. you're all wrong. It was Joe. Joe. Why do it? He was looking at the path, and it was this big angle with this red top where they thought it was going to hit. And he thought, well, that's a weird-looking hurricane. Oh, that's the path of the hurricane, not the actual hurricane. Joe. Oh, no. Episode 368, Milo and Dexter Memorial Show. Ah, rest in peace. During 20 questions, when asked to clarify what he meant by, is a wrestler active, he responded, no, in his sex life. <laughs> I think Barry. I'll have to go Barry. I think me as well. Oh. Fuck. Yeah, I'll say Barry. It was indeed Barry said that. Oh, dear. Episode 369. There's That's got to be Kane Part 2 Michael's Revenge. When Barry said, I was going to go as Rick for Halloween, but I'm glad I didn't, as I would have been a hated character. Who responded, <laughs> you would have been hated Barry? <laughs> uh, Joe. Paul. Yeah, I'll say Joe. I'll say Joe. Say Paul. Oh, well, Joe, you are correct. That was indeed. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Barry. I love, how, I love how every time we do one of these quizzes, we can never guess it when it's ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's one. half the fun of the episode. My, my my favorite thing is hearing these episode titles that I forgot about. Yeah, so bad, some of them. Why are we thinking? No, that's, that's great. That is purposely why I go back and, and make sure I jot down all of the titles that are oh, of these episodes dear. because they are so entertaining. Oh, my goodness. Episode 370, Mine Rib. What does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> mine Rib. What caused Paul to say? I was walking and my shin whacked off. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Uh, shin. shin. Shin whacked off. off. Uh, he. Oh, I, okay. I, I must have meant I hit it off something. I whacked it off yeah. something. Okay. Sorry, oh, shin. He, he whacked his leg off something. I hit my leg off a table or something. Um, I don't recall this specific injury. Uh, did he try kicking a ball of some description? No, that. Joe, he didn't. He The full uh. quote is for the answer was, I was trying to throw something out, and as I was walking, and my shin whacked off the corner of the open door. Very good. Okay. Uh, Episode 373, Knife Edge Chopin. <laughs> Who drank so much at the company Christmas party that when they went to get some Drano the next morning, the question was asked, what, to drink? And the answer was, I was tempted. <laughs> I think that has got to be... Oh, my God! Ah! Sorry, switching the football. Uh, I think that was... Oh, fuck. Finally. I think... Um, I think, I yeah, think that was because, A, I handled my drink the worst... And B, in recent memory, I did have to get Drano because I shaved and clogged my, my sink in recent memory. So that has to be me. Yeah. yeah. That's got to be so, Barry. 
I'm watching the football. I, nothing has happened on my stream yet. I'm, I'm waiting to see. I closed. I closed my days ago. Why, why that did was Joe indeed Barry. Although Joe did get so drunk at this Christmas party, he slept in the hallway. Yeah, yeah, I've got that. I don't think I went to my company's Christmas party. Oh, you old Scrooge! I am. Oh my it's God! What is? Party. What are they doing? That's oh, mate. But today, ah, it's Christmas party day, sir. <laughs> Episode three seventy-five. Gin Urso, I want a banana. <laughs> So what dumb. making of movie did Paul watch that didn't give him everything he wanted because he, quote, didn't get to see a door fall on an old man? <laughs> I know it. Oh, uh, man. Door fall on an old man. I know it. I know it. I have it. no idea. Three Stooges. No, the cl- the clue is in the episode title. It- it's Harrison Ford is the man in question. Oh, After the door yeah, fell on him, Force Awakens. Yeah. Awakens. yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. And now I'm going to give you my favorite quote or question out of this quiz. It is by far the one that made me laugh the hardest. Oh dear. What was Paul doing that caused him to say the following three sentences? Let me pull this out, put it in your mouth, and I gave it a bigger suck than I meant to. Oh, tasting the uh, switch cartridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See what I take because it had it had anti. Oh, sorry, I'm spoiling the game here with that. Chart. That's okay. Um, oh, I think yeah, I think the, that uh, might have been my favorite thing we did all year as well. Wasn't that like an episode <laughs> that Barry wasn't on or something as well? It was just quick. Yeah, we Barry were completely mad. We just did that, and yeah, and for some reason, the switch cartridges have a kind of anti if a, or a bad. A bittering, if a bittering agent stop kids from eating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we had to test that out. Uh, yeah, very funny. You can find that on our Twitter. I think that clip as well. So weird. Episode three seventy three, three seventy three. Ethan McMahon the fourth. When it was pointed out that Big Daddy V is the second person who shows up when you search WWE wrestler, the first comment was, he's very fat. Who said, <laughs> he's also very dead. He's more dead than fat. <laughs> uh, I think Bear. I think it might be me. It uh, sounds like me. Modric is after bot- right. bottling the penalty here. Um, more dead than fat. I'll say, I'll say me. I'll say I said that. That was indeed Paul. Ah. <laughs> Episode 378, Worst Smackdown Ever. Oh my God. When it was suggested you should book a table for Valentine's Day, who responded, you need to book for a table for Burger King? I thought you just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Whoever said that. Whoever <laughs> oh. <laughs> said that. That's brilliant. <laughs> I, I think me. I'm gonna guess me. I don't remember saying it, but I can't remember. Joe is like, <laughs> yeah. I'll say, I'll say, I'll say Joe as well. You are all correct. It was Joe. <laughs> oh, Joe. That's that's <laughs> wicked. Is. Bonus point. Who was he saying it about? Uh, me, probably. It must be Paul. It must be. Paul. <laughs> um, I'll actually say no. Yeah, I'll say Paul as well. Yeah. 
Well, then you're all wrong because it was oh. Barry who was trying oh, to make an, an appointment for uh, for a table for Valentine's Day. Oh, I thought I thought I was thinking that, but uh, yeah, oh, shit. <laughs> Episode three ninety one prayer break match. Which one of the <laughs> that's controversial though. <laughs> which one of the hosts said something that insulted an entire religion to the point where it was asked, "Can we get the Saudi Saudi board to apologize for him?" <laughs> I mean, it could be it could be any of us, really. Um, uh, uh, we, we won't be allowed in the progressive city of Jeddah after that airs. I tell you, not for the greatest money in the bank. Yeah. Uh, probably me. It might have been when I said that they did nine eleven. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, anyway. Oh shit! I said it again. Oh, I'll say Joe. Yeah. Paul? Um, I'll say... I'll say Barry. You are correct. It was Barry. <sighs> oh, I'm good at this year. Here's the giveaway. Bonus point for who you... If you can name what it was Barry said was being prayed to. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I don't know, but it's pretty terrible. Uh, um, uh... <laughs> Was it like um, like Roman Reigns or something? I, I can't remember. <laughs> this was only a couple of weeks ago. Shit. Um, I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea. I have, to, I have no idea. No, I have no idea. Paul, do you have a guess? Uh, the almighty McMahon dollar. I don't know. No, you guys are close. Uh, Barry suggested that during the prayer break match, which was the Saudi Arabia event, as he called it, he thought during the women's match, during what would have been a women's match, they were going to go pray to the urinal. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> which is why they wanted somebody to apologize for it. Oh, whoops. Oh, no. That's very unlike Barry to say something like that. But uh, yet also, like... I do it again. <laughs> my guess, my guess today was Roman Reigns. Uh, I'd like to apologize to the prince if he's listening. I know he's a fan, and uh, and uh, I don't know who makes their urinals. And, uh, also, the Saudi Arabia football team. Good job on the win. <laughs> oh, anyway. Oh, Jesus. Episode 393, I'm a Sad, Sad Man. Oh. What TV show was being watched that caused Paul to say, there isn't enough cock in you, Endo? <laughs> um, uh, the Graham Norton show? <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's the Graham Norton show. Um, what have we been watching? I don't know. There's enough cock in you, Endo. You've not been watching a lot of TV, have you? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Gravity Falls. Nah, sure, that's been over for like two years now at this stage. Um, what's what's that other one you watch? Adventure Time. <laughs> I do watch Adventure Time. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what. Oh, I know what it might be. Is it um, Drew, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race? It is indeed RuPaul's ah, Drag Race. Yeah. That has a lot of cock in you, end though. To be fair. It's almost entirely that. Hey, listen, that's why it's so popular. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> Episode 394. Oh. You have to keep the gorilla, sh- the George the Gorilla strong. 
<laughs> That's a rap page. Uh, what uh, actress was called by Paul tits number two? <laughs> That's oh, terrible of me to say. Oh, Jesus. And you're giving that to me for saying they worship the urinals. <laughs> Problematic Paul over here. Tits number two. <laughs> Um, mm. It's got to be. Um, I'll say because uh, I remember we had this. I remember I was outraged by this conversation as well, more so than the Jack Black. Um, he said it about the dear sweet queen Alexandra Daddario. Oh yeah, yeah, that was Baywatch. I was talking about Baywatch. Yeah, yeah, because I, I it must be her because I don't remember any of the other actresses' names in that movie. <laughs> well, you you just you shit on a different actress every week, don't you? Amelia Clark, uh, fucking watch her face from Rogue One. They all get Jones. Oh yeah, Al- Alexandra Daddario. She's down there at the bottom as well. She's a shite. How, how dare you, sir? Six and questions it- left, folks. Oh, we're coming to the end. It's sad. Yeah. Episode three ninety five. Billion Chuck. What wrestler did Barry forget to pay for a picture that he was afraid was going to kill him? Okay, I know. Oh, um, Loki. Lo- lo- <laughs> Low-key. Yeah, yeah. Low-key. Yeah. Yes, it was low-key. He did pay him in yeah. the end, though. Thankfully, thankfully, he's a, lo- <laughs> he's a lovely man. He's a lovely man. IRL. Let me kill the... I'll kill the business right now. I'll tell you that right now. What movie did Paul start to review that he said wasn't rubbish, which caused Nat to say, It's rubbish! Ooh. That's a good question. <laughs> that is a good question. Mm, I don't remember this at all. I said it's not uh, rubbish. I need, is it his rubbish? Pain and gain? Harry? Is it th- um, I will say... What episode number is this? Did you say? Uh, episode 395. Stop okay. Five weeks. No, I'm just trying to think. Five weeks ago. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Da Vinci Code? Might be Da Vinci Code. That seems about might be mm, might a bit earlier. Than um, that. Do you remember a movie that I watched? I said it yeah, wasn't. Movie. She's not in the quiz. You're in the quiz. <laughs> yeah, stop cheating. Did you said was rubbish? No. No conferring. She didn't know. She didn't know. What? Oh, might have been. Um, was it Tooth Fairy? Tooth Fairy is rubbish in fairness. It was indeed Tooth Fairy. Tooth Fairy's alright. She maintains this rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 397, Nation of Defamation. What game was being discussed that caused Paul to say to Barry, why don't you suck my balls? Followed up by, you sound a little marble mouth with my balls in there. (laughs) Say it was good. The crowd loved it. <laughs> that was the weird. That was the weird week where I kept saying "suck my balls" for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Um. Oh, a game. Barry was playing a game. Hmm. I have no idea. Um. Got a, a war, game maybe. Got a war, maybe. It was a game. A game. It was a game being discussed. Hmm. Um. Um. See, I never listened during that bit, so I've got no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I just based on the timeline, I'd say God of War. I'll say Mario Tennis. Maybe Assassin's Creed? Origins? 
All right. I will say none of you got that right. You were all wrong. And the the game is given away by what Paul said. Suck my balls. Balls. Uh, FIFA? Maybe FIFA. Paul can name the original 151. Pokemon. Pokemon Go. Three questions left. Same episode. What wrestler did Barry call a rich arsehole? Uh, Anyone. Uh, I don't know. Barry? I, it's, uh, I'm trying to think who have I seen in recent memory <clears throat> that could be. I'll, I'll give this one away pretty easily. The title of the episode is Nation of Defamation. CM Punk? CM Punk. Uh, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that now. Ended by that. Yeah. In episode 398, Boba Loblaw, who called Big Cass the Big Cuck? Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who could think that was Barry? Yeah, I, I think, think it was. Me. I'll say me. Barry, who do you say? I think it was. My, I think it was myself. It was indeed Barry. Uh, hold on, Barry. That was good. <clears throat> last question from last week's episode: Happy Last of Us. Who was the only member of C of the CSP cast who was not told that they were the type of the person who would die sitting on a toilet like Elvis? That with Joe, obviously. That, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that is correct. That's Very the good. quiz for this. Uh, oh. Very Great good. one again. Great one again. Joe, uh, you managed to get 10 questions correct out of 26. Woo. Barry, so you did a little better with 12. Paul, you did astonishingly well with 18. Fucking hell. Destroyed. I listened to... The first minute of episode 350, and that kind of just got me in the mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very good. Very good. Thank you. Thanks again for the years, another year's worth of entertainment. Well, we'll see if we make another. Wow. Don't count your chickens now before the hatch. Hey, sure. This is the. Do you guys, I don't know if you guys realize it. This is the fifth quiz like this we've done. I was going to ask, what was your first appearance? Was it. 200? It would have been episode 200, because I started doing these little comments at, at episode 150. Ah, wow. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 150, that seems like a lifetime ago now. Oh, well, it was, it was several years, you yeah, know, so... Yeah, like lots of years ago. Um, yeah, wow. Uh, so, I guess we can segue there into the emails. I just have the one email uh, uh, this week. It's from Michelle, thanking me for remembering... That she is the one who coined the term Barry Lad. She uh, appreciated that I remembered that. And she just said congrats for the milestone. And uh, that was it. Thanks very much, Michelle. Oh, thanks. Um, I'll go. I've got two emails. First one is from Shane. He says, hi, Joe. How are things? I saw Gotti online earlier this week. As I'm always intrigued by unusually bad films. Needless to say, it is indeed as awful as the reviews indicated. People are introduced as if they'll have a prominent role. They might as well just be no-name lackeys. Absolutely no character character development at all. Also, they were the logical choice for a composer in Pitbull. <clears throat> so you'll hear songs in it that have lyrics like, there's rules and codes 
Won't break him for no one. Unless you're a fool like that fucking prick, Sammy the Bull. That was me doing Pitbull, by the way. Uh, Lace in between them. I could go on and on. Anyway, I've got two questions. First, what's the worst film you've ever seen at the cinema? And second, do you have any terrible films that you enjoy watching? It doesn't just have to be a case of a film being so bad it's entertaining. There's something you acknowledge isn't good, but nonetheless you enjoy it in an ironic sense. Thanks for taking me in my shame. Thanks, Shane. Worst film I've ever seen in the cinema is probably Spawn, the 1997 comic book movie. Mm. Uh, incredibly bad. It's quite a dark comic book movie. Which, and I think I was I was quite young at the time, I think 12 at the time, so it probably wasn't suited, but also just a really bad movie as well. And um, that's probably one that's ripe for a reboot. I feel like they could bring that back now and do quite a good job with it. They're actually talking about rebooting that. They're rebooting it. Good. Yeah. I'll go see that. Yeah. <laughs> Better luck second time around, maybe. Um, in terms of terrible films, I don't. I, I don't like those kind of really bad films, the sort of things they review on Best of the Worst, like those type of films. I, would, I just wouldn't watch that at all. It just wouldn't be... I wouldn't find it entertaining, even if it's kind of so hilarious. You know, movies like The Room as well, like I probably wouldn't watch that unless it was, uh, you know, an audio commentary or some kind of review. Um, the kind of movies I like that are bad, like Independence Day, which is still quite a competently made movie if if not mm. not brilliant um how about you lads any really bad films you like or uh i haven't seen anything really awful in the cinema like my answer would, mm. would just be like batman v superman which i guess isn't really yeah. legendary but it was pretty terrible and i really didn't like it but uh yeah i haven't seen anything kind of more remarkable than that i think i i'd have one or two that come maybe three that come to mind originally or immediately um, I th- I throw uh, Watchmen in there, which I mm. really didn't like. Um, Kick-Ass 2, I really didn't like as well. But I think probably the worst film I've ever seen in cinema uh, was Alexander with Colin Farrell in uh, oh, yeah. 2004. That film is uh, trash. And is that the one where... Somebody was holding a uh, an umbrella or a parasol over the lady's head, and the parasol wouldn't be invented for another like six hundred years. Possibly, I don't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, sounds right. Also, the right two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm with you, Barry. The right two is great. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, not opening up old wounds again. Right. I I will say the right one is great. Definitely agree on that. <laughs> okay. Uh, my second email is from uh, Michelle Mabeth. Uh, subject for <laughs> time. Hi, Joe. Congrats on the milestone. Uh, what do you usually do when Paul and Barry are doing game guff? Uh, also, do you think another live CSP will happen? Um, well, other than listening to their brilliant reviews of video games, I usually <laughs> I'm usually either just on Twitter or playing a mobile game myself while while listening to them. Oh, so he's um, he's doing game guff but not contributing to it. Yeah, not participating. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. What games uh, do you do play I, on your phone? Yeah, imp- uh, you know, impromptu <laughs> game guff. Not sort of the sort of ones I'd want to confess to. Oh, dr- like, dream girlfriend like, or whatever. One of those ones. Oh God, not that bad. <laughs> One of those Chris Blake developed. Uh, well, Chris Blake. 
Crystal Blake specials. Now I'm on. I play uh, Eggs Inc., which I've reviewed before. Okay, it's a game where you you run an egg farm, a chicken farm, and have to make yeah. eggs. Are you still on Supercard at all? Oh no, I deleted that like six months or eight yeah. months ago. I retired. I retired from that world. That at all. Yeah, God, that was an interminable nonsense. <laughs> Uh, and then I play similar games. I play a game called Fishdom, um, which is like a kind of Candy Crush style game, but with fish. <laughs> so I like that. Okay. And uh, yeah, similar, sim- a couple of games like that. Uh, there's one called Crunch Time as well, which has got cats in it. So. <laughs> Just the worst games. <laughs> Fishdom. I need to look up Fishdom here. Fishdom is actually great. Don't, don't, don't stop playing it you, you will love it and then uh, uh, watch out super to be fair oh, he, he was right about the Berlin Wall what that it was bad who oh, that was a Simpsons joke Henry, don't worry about it what? Anyway. Anyway. daddy talk about the doll oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was too yeah. obtuse there Weird reference out of nowhere, but anyway. Right. Uh, live CSP? I don't know. Yeah, probably at some point. Um, what number was the first one we did? I think it was like 237 or something. Two years ago at the stage, was it? Two and a half years ago? Yeah. Um, um, we, yeah, we probably could. Um, Only if these two come to London and stay with us. Yeah, so yeah. Then we'll, we'll do it. Paul, you and me will go over at some point. Um, Absolutely. Um, you, you, you would love to travel with me. Um, Ooh, my net. <laughs> it's sitting next to each other on a plane. Um, <laughs> uh, Joe, you're not going to that uh, progress thing in September, are you? I might do. Uh, I, I, I've got flights booked and prob- I'm looking at accommodation. So I'm definitely going. I'm, prob- I'm going to go for two days. Because we'll probably do the Eve show the day before, so I'll be in, I'll be in London and uh, yeah. So if you want to go to that, I'll probably see well, you there. Have a pint. You're always welcome to stay here if you want to save money on a hotel. You know that. Um, I'll clear that with Michelle, obviously. She'd love to have you here. Just just you know, if you get chucked out of your hotel, need somewhere to sleep, you know where yeah. to come. Um, but yeah, I might go to that. So that'd be, that'd be good. <clears throat> Very, I hear he has a very nice hallway you could sleep in. Oh hell uh, yeah! I have. I've I've uh, worn it in now. So it's, yeah. Word of so warning glad. though: Barry Murphy does occasionally suffer from swamp ass. So just you know, uh, <laughs> put the plastic on the furniture before he arrives. Yeah, so if after I leave you find a curly whirly, just throw, <laughs> just throw it out. Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll go over. Like, I tell you what, like we might we might meet up at this thing, you know, have an old beer, whatever. But yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe the hypothetical live CSP, maybe like we'll we will sync it up with some wrestling thing. Even maybe I tell you what, right? Maybe not this round of tapings because they're very soon. Probably couldn't organize it. But like Paul, maybe you pop over, me and you pop over for like one of these NXT gimmicks. Yeah, um, I'd be up for that. Um, if there's one yeah. in Joe's neck of the woods and we could do it, we could do something after that'd be cool. Um, yeah. So we, we, it, it answers to the question. I think we would all love to do it again, but obviously, you know, get, getting it to line up in such a way is tough. But uh, yeah, we'll venture over at some point. Yeah, and we uh, did. We did one. We did one. Yeah, and that was more than I thought we'd ever do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's all my my emails. 
Uh, it was episode 271 was the live uh, episode. It's up there on YouTube. If anybody wants to take a trip down memory lane and watch a full video episode with uh, me, Barry and Joe, live from my old apartment uh, sitting room. Uh, I've got a couple of emails. You couldn't have done it earlier. You could have taken them out to the shed to record. You got a shed, Joe? Uh, Not yet. I'll get one. Keep your eyes peeled for that one. Uh, I've got an email. A couple of emails, actually. First one is from Michelle Escobar uh, Towner. Go ahead and assume that myself. Um, Oast is Paul. I don't know why I read that one out. Subject, snacks. She says, hey, Paul, congrats on the milestone. Thank you very much, Michelle. Since you don't peel oranges, what... (laughs) Let's not dwell on that. Uh, What healthy snacks do you like to have? I've started having a serving of almonds and some figs as snacks at work. Mm. Cause healthy. Um, mm, Healthy snack. That's almost like a contradiction of itself, isn't it? I do like the odd... Um, apple. The apples are good. Apples are good. I like um carrots. You have a carrot. Mm. I like rockets. Rocket salad. Um, which is, again is called something else in America, but I can never remember which one it is. I like um lamb's lettuce. I like green peppers. I like lettuce of all kinds. I like parsnip. I like roast, roasting up a parsnip. I haven't, I haven't done that in a very long time. Um, like eh? I don't like red lettuce. Correct. I only like the green ones. Uh, I like um, ice cream and chocolate, which is healthy in the, some way, I'm sure. Um, mm, Kinder eggs. <laughs> <laughs> they can be as tricky as oranges sometimes, though. Um, almonds, no. I, I know Nat, especially, you dislike almonds. That's right. She hates almonds. What about figs? What's your take on the fig? I've only eaten, the, eaten them in, like, compots. In compots? What is that? It's not fresh figs. Okay. Like candied Hmm. So, in summary, all healthy snacks uh, are bad. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. Other email is from uh, Scott El Hijo Del McAvoy. Oh. Um, you know, you, you can just speak to me when you're here, Scott. <laughs> uh, subject, pick one. And he gives us three Chris's here, obviously in memory of our long-departed brother, uh, Chris Blake, um, yeah. who of well, I'm course, not picking him. I tell you that much. He is. Uh, <laughs> he's not up there in heaven. He's down there now. Um, Chris Evans, not mm. not the ginger one, I assume. No, 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 no. Um, but the one that is Captain America. Chris Pratt mm. and Chris Helmsworth. Whose, whose name is actually Hemsworth, I believe. There's, don't think there's an L in there. Um, so it's, it's not only all Chris's, but it's all um, Marvel superheroes. 
Superhero Man, yeah. Uh, so, given that the common ground here is the Marvel movies, you're getting them, they're safe. Yeah, I should have thrown in Chris Pine as well. Yeah? Hmm. Chris Pine was in I, for a minute, one of them, wasn't he? Well, he was Captain Kirk. No, but wasn't he in one of the Marvel movies really briefly? Or am I... No, I'm, I'm mixing around. Chris Hemsworth was in Star Trek really really briefly, is what it was. He was oh, like yes. Kirk's dad or something. Um, oh, so, no. Well, no. Chris Pine is in Wonder Woman. Ah, but it's not Marvel, though. Oh, is oh, no, that's true. But That's true. That's true. But, uh, so, Hemsworth has Cabin in the Woods. Ah, which we, we're all big, yeah. big fans of. Now, but what I will say is that other than that, I don't think he has any. I don't think he has much of notes. Um, well, mm. Thor Ragnarok's good. Well, well yeah. That's one of the well, I suppose, yeah, because yeah, but but if you get but oh, if you ignore the event, the um, Marvel movies, yeah, yeah. So so it's like, but so obviously, no matter who you keep, you get you get the main movies. But Ragnarok, uh, I was about to say it's better than all the other standalones. It's not better than Winter Soldier. It's not better than. Well, it is anyway. Wow! Wow! Chris Pratt was in Bride Wars, so <laughs> Chris Pine was uh, in the uh, remake of Ghostbusters, or not Chris Pine, but Chris Hemsworth is was in the remake uh, of Ghostbusters. Right, Hemsworth, Hemsworth's getting chopped. <laughs> yeah, Hemsworth <laughs> has only been in Cabin in the Woods outside of the uh, Marvel films. That oh, he yeah. was in Rush. That was really good. I haven't seen Russia. I do have it though. So what? I mean, hmm. Chris Pratt. But Chris Pratt, oh, you're losing. You're losing Guardians one if you get rid of Chris Pratt. Yeah. Also, Chris Pratt. Let me just throw out here. Her Moneyball. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Lego Movie. Zero Dark Thirty as well. Yeah. He's actually Jurassic he's World a- Two: Fallen Kingdom. Okay, that's okay. I'm thinking we're cutting. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris Pratt's actually been in a few. So has, has Chris Evans been in anything good that's not a Marvel movie? Because I actually don't think I've seen him in much. He was in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Sucks ass. Uh, okay. Uh, I, like, <laughs> I like that movie. Um, Sunshine? Was that, I've never just seen Sunshine. He's in Snowpiercer. He's in Snowpiercer, the train movie. Um, he was in The Iceman. Oh. With, he was um, in Push. Oh, he was in Street Kings. There you go. Push, which is <laughs> not not the novel by Sapphire. Um, uh, I think Chris Evans might be the weak. Chris Evans was Chris in Evans, was in yeah. TMNT two thousand seven. I, I yeah. think he also in Fantastic Four. Oh yeah, he was. <laughs> Both of them. Ugh. I think I think it's between Pratt and Hemsworth. I think I think I'm, I think it's probably. I'm going to go for for Hemsworth on the strength of um, Ragnarok, Captain in the Woods, and the fact that I don't like Guardians of the Galaxy, so I don't care about Chris Pratt. But yeah, because Pratt's. Yeah. I might have to go. I might have to go Pratt on it. I think Captain in the Woods is probably the best movie of their combined. Well, not best, but my favorite movie on the combined uh, filmographies. But I think Pratt has been in more like really great movies like again her moneyball lego movie zero deck three hemsworth just has cabin in the woods and then obviously the marvel ones and ragnarok uh i didn't like that much so for me i think prize and in the same way that you didn't like guardians that much like we we have this kind of mirrored viewpoint on it 
Uh, yeah, and also, I, I, also, I like Jurassic yeah. World because I'm weird in that way. Uh, I don't have an affinity for anything practiced other than Guardians, so I will probably go Hemsworth just because <sighs> I prefer Guardian. I prefer Guardians to Ragnarok, but Cabin in the Woods is, is amazing. So Cabin in the Woods is is I think after Jingle All the Way is probably our our like podcast national hit film that we love. Um, Hemsworth was also in the reboot of Red Dawn. Ooh. Hemsworth Ouch. was in those those Snow White movies as well. Yeah, Snow White nonsense. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And he was in. Oh, he's in Star Trek as well. Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, sorry. Black Hat, I believe, is really good, but I haven't seen it. Mm. I've been led to believe. Um. And also, he was in Home and Away for three years. So if you really like that Home and Away thing, and he was in Neighbors, so he's did it. He's done. He's done the entire Aussie soap. (laughs) Um. So thanks for the email, Scott. You're welcome. Uh, Thank you. Good. Uh, So that's all the emails, I think. Uh, yeah, we can jump in to some wrestle guff here. Uh, did you lads watch the NXT UK tournament thing? Yeah. Yes, both nights. Oh, cool. I watched all of the first night and I watched the opener, the women's match, and the main event of the second night. So, uh, what were, were there any uh, major thoughts you had on the first night? Um, let me bring up the card. I don't remember what did we have. It was, all, it was mainly the tournament matches, wasn't it? I mean, I thought the tournament matches themselves were were fine. I didn't think there was really any standouts. I thought Jordan Devlin looked really good, uh, and Flash yeah. Morgan Webster does really cool moves, but he reminds me of like two unlimited in that he's like yeah. really he his moves are really cool but he does them extremely sloppily um and seems like he's gonna hurt someone <laughs> or himself at any moment and i i can't stand his look he irritates yeah. the shit out of me like he, he just, was saying this a couple of weeks ago like but you know what i mean like look at it he like he looks like a lost child it i mean it's just so cheap it's <laughs> just and, and it's like, Nigel, Nigel McGuinness trying to explain what a mod is to Mauro Ronaldo oh, is my that's God. worst segment of the year. I mean, like, like fair enough, the gimmick doesn't translate to me. And I was ragging on, on Flash on Twitter, and I was like, I'm trying not to just come off like, oh, well, I wanted Jordan Devlin to win because he's our guy, which he is our guy. But first of all, I think he's a better wrestler. But I do think I do think Flash is a talented wrestler because I've seen him for years. He He's not a bad wrestler. But I, I can, I in all the years watching him, I can never get past the way he looks. He just looks ridiculous, um, and and looks like a, a teenager who got lost on the way home from his last. He does have, time. he does have that like spotchy face, um, that a lot of my friends in school had, but they don't see many adults having. I don't know, is that a bad thing to say? Uh, not really. I mean, it's not an insult, but like, well, it is an insult. <laughs> but it's like it's like he just looks just ridiculous and uh, you know but you know i thought Devlin looked good uh, uh much better than last year where like last year one of the big talking points coming out of the tournament was wow that guy fucking 
di- like di- didn't impress to the nth degree. I mean, there were people on that tournament who faded into the background because they weren't impressive, whereas he stood out for like the wrong reasons. I feel like in that tournament last mm. year, yeah, he, uh, whereas he, this he, year he cut really one of his opponent's heads open, didn't he? Last cut year. one of his opponent's heads and like he the the match with Tyler Bate was like okay but not anything like special you know it was it was it was uh, a weak showing but he he really stepped it up um and just as an aside here you know i won't, don't want to you know talk about it in depth but i i did watch the jordan devlin will osprey match from progress and it was incredible incredible match incredible match um up now on their vod service uh, the most recent show fantastic match um so yeah so he did well uh so I tell you what was weird. No promos from Zach Gibson. Um, yeah, they teased um, doing one. Um, I don't remember which night. Maybe the end of the first night, and then he goes interrupted by by Pete Dunne. This is one of those things where, like, doing a show in front of like a smart audience who knows who the wrestlers are, it helps, but it also doesn't help. Like, it helps because the heat was decent for him, but it doesn't help in the sense that, like, if you if you had no idea who he was, you're just watching this show. Um, uh, like, you wouldn't know why he was so hated like it like it's just oh i i guess yeah. they, he is i don't know who he is he's just he's hated just because he's hated um so, but no promos but i tell you what i loved his mannerisms especially like in the in the in the final where banks is coming down to the ring he's just looking at banks he's putting his hand to the crowd he's saying don't listen to them don't listen to them now mate now mate no uh you know it's not <laughs> about them it's it's not about them it's about the mat you know he 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 has I thought this was across the two nights. As someone who's seen Gibson from once, you and I, Paul, we've been blown mm. away. We've put him over huge here on the show for his promos. But in, in the ring, while I don't think his matches were like must-watch essential match of the year, I thought he felt legit uh, this weekend. He felt like a real, a real WWE-ready, uh, like yeah. high, mid-card, high mid-card heel with potential to go on and do more. Like well, he, I think the, the most impressive thing is how they, they got his finish over real strong. Yes, yeah. Where he, yeah. as soon as he got it on, people were tapping until like the final, and then by that stage, you you're used to it. You know that this devastating submission that he has, and then at that point, you can kind of fight it off and do the drama and so on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought his matches were good, um, not great necessarily, but you know, his strength has always been his character. So as you say, I was kind of surprised that they didn't really do anything with that. There wasn't even any uh, video packages to. Really yeah, as far as I know, they they didn't have any like introductory video packages. Oh, well, they kind of did, but not not as good as they were last year. No, like, yeah, yeah. maybe it's just that the, the personality. I didn't watch on. either the uh, the bracketology show, so I don't know no, what they do that. on that. But um, yeah, I kind of know all the guys in it anyway. But it would have been nice to have some some of that. Um, apart from to be honest, I mean, so obviously Gallag- Gallagher Gibson was good. Zach Gibson was fantastic. Like you say, could have done with more promo time. But um, I think his his presence and the, f- the facial was really good. And um, yeah, he's overall very impressive. And um, the other guys in there, I mean, there's a few good wrestlers, but like Travis Banks and I was kind of I was kind of disappointed with Travis Banks, to be honest. I, yeah, I didn't think much of him, to be honest. I didn't. I, I kind of washed over. I mean, we were kind of spoiled last year with like Tyra Bay and. Pete on being in the tournament, you know, mm. it's like excellent, mm. excellent wrestler. I don't think there's anybody in this year's tournament who's who's on that level. Um, that level, no. And it kind of suffered as a result, and that was even more apparent by like, in my mind, the best match of both nights 
by far was the like undisputed era British strong style matches. Mm-hmm. Like I think the best match of both nights was the six man tag from the first night, and then close second would be the tag team title match from the second night. Yeah. And like, yeah, those guys are good. Tyler Bay, in particular, every time I see him, I'm just more and more impressed. And Pete Dunne is 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 there. You know, he's he's already got everything. He's he's good to go. Yeah, I thought that was a fantastic match. Probably best match of the the first night. Um, other highlights include, um, well, Johnny Saint being announced as the the, the general manager uh, of NXT UK. <laughs> which is which is handy because he's such a fantastic promo and and you know great on the live mic. So he really look forward to him. <laughs> Johnny say, I mean, God bless him. God bless him. He's he's ninety seven years old and he's probably <laughs> fit. he's he's probably in better shape than all four of us put together. But you know they weren't known for their promos back in. The <laughs> There's a reason why so. Triple H did ninety percent of the promo during that like NXT <laughs> yeah. UK reveal. And then he then like my my favorite moment of either show is when Johnny Saint Johnny Saint um pottered out I have to say <laughs> and and says uh, excuse me excuse me now this match <laughs> this match is is now a four man fatal match <laughs> um it's old don't be ageist he's not only old but he seems to not have any idea about what's going on. Um, well, they didn't have they didn't have no fatal five men's back in the world of sports days. <laughs> Excuse me, Barry. That that is a five man fatal match. I think. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, I, I mean, Paul tells him what the match is before they go out, and he goes, "You what, mate? <laughs> you mean you're not going to just have two gents go out there and exchange holes? <laughs> Could they not have found uh, a legendary British wrestler who has an ounce of charisma? Is that too much to ask? Fuck! <laughs> They're all dead, I think, is the problem. They're all apart dead. From, 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 from Regal, and Regal's already at the GM of NXT, so... Yeah, the, he already has a gig. Why didn't they get... Uh, let me check. Why didn't they get Kendo Nagasaki out there? <laughs> uh, who I think is still alive. Actually, he is alive. He has a book coming out soon, I think, actually. Oh, there you go. Oh, uh, but he, he doesn't speak English, so no good. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, just imagine. Oh, God. Fat English bloke doing... Bad fake ch- uh, uh, Asian fucking oh man that would have been great anyway by by great I mean not great um, <laughs> by not great you mean actually enjoyable in a great way <laughs> oh god I'm dying Johnny say it was was dreadful I mean I don't see any other way to say it he's I mean, he's look, got the, no charisma whatsoever and he, he fucked up his, is, he fucked up his three lines he had to say. The whole point of this endeavor is to literally just piss on the world of sport parade. So they so they have a figurehead who is a legend from that era. So mm. you know that's literally all it is. So when they rebooted World of Sport, did they actually broadcast in color this time? <laughs> they did. It was actually it was extremely tacky. Actually, it was very ugly. <laughs> Saturday night ITV uh garbage um no, i think that was the impact uh, you, you, you were watching i was thinking oh no i was on, I was on the it, it actually yeah it did look it looked <laughs> impacty kind of studio is wrestling impact is still being broadcast allegedly allegedly i think they, they they're not on actually spike anymore they've i, I think they're just on the radio now <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, this is Kevin Kelly described. That'd actually be interesting. Uh, anyway, what else? Anyway, night, night two. Can we move on to night two? Yeah. We talk, talk about the final? Naito was there. Um, I thought the final was very good. But again, I wasn't blown away by um, Travis Banks. So Yeah, Banks is this guy that people in the UK, specifically Progress, push as a top guy. And I, just, I, I, I think he's good. I always enjoy I like seeing him in OGT and all this other stuff. I like watching his matches. I just don't see him as this, like, top-level Pete. You know, in the, in the way Pete Dunne was this top thing last year. Like, I don't see him at that level at all. Like, he's majorly... He is, he is actually what people accused Daniel, Brian Danielson of being 10 years ago, which is all, all moves and no charisma. Like, he, he has... He's really... Mm. really Really vanilla, and he has—he's not—he mm-hmm. has no charisma, but he's just not—he's just not that. But but I thought the match was was great, regardless. But um, I'm I'm slightly perplexed by the push Travis Banks movement. But um, but give ball one anyway, so we, we'll move on tonight too. See, yeah, it started with the tag team title match, which was absolutely fantastic. Yes, and of course, won by Mustache Mountain, who um, which is a great, great, great moment as well. Their their um finish, by the way, not not the one they actually used to win the match, but the one they they did the night before and they did here, where I think it's like a dragon suplex and Tyler like hits the ropes as if he's going to do a dive and turns around into a Larry is is probably one of the best finishers I've seen in quite a while. Yeah, and then they kind of they, love... they they won with their less impressive finish, <laughs> but that's okay. I love 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 Tyler Bate doing the the German suplex when he had. Uh, I think it was Roderick Strong on his back oh, in a sleeper. Yeah. Uh, well, I stood up and gave that a round of applause. It was brilliant. Um, yeah, so it was a really, really good match. They won the titles. That was that was great. Um, <laughs> then Johnny Saint was backstage with two people holding mobile phones uh, in front of his face, <laughs> announcing the trip. <laughs> trying to show him how to try to show him how to call his niece. <laughs> Right now, what you do, Johnny? You look, you, you look into this camera. Right? Is this is this the wireless? It is. Um, <laughs> how do I connect to the Wi-Fi? I want to get on my Candy Crush. I'm playing fish dump. Um, oh, I've got an email here from a Nigerian prince. <laughs> oh, uh, there was a women's match after that, which I think it was reminiscent of a a shimmer dark match because I didn't know who either of these two people were or why uh, they were wrestling. But any, Charlie uh, Morgan, Charlie Morgan yes. and Killer Kelly. And Killer Kelly. Charlie Morgan's I don't follow it enough, but she was the Eve champion at one point. Um, she's pretty good. Uh, Killer Kelly is, uh, she's very new. She's very green, which was obvious in the match. Um, she kind of relocated from Portugal to Germany in the last two mm. years to be full-time in WXW. I think she has a lot of potential. I think she will be one of the kind of, I think she'll be one of the big up-and-coming women on the Indies, and I think she will be signed by WWE in the near future. But she is extremely green. It's, it's really obvious, kind of like um, sometimes you'll see with some people from Ireland. It's really obvious that she that comes from Portugal, which has a really small, really you know limited wrestling scene, and that's why she relocated somewhere else mm. in, in Germany, and now she's... You know, via WXW and Progress have a connection, so she's getting booked in the UK more, which is great. I'm sure she's going to be better, but uh, this match was not much. To, to, yeah. to um, she's she, uh, Charlie Morgan. Also, I I I rate a lot higher. I think she's really good, but I, she wasn't especially notable in this match either. I didn't think. Um, 
Paul, you were at Defiant, right? You saw Charlie Morgan. I wasn't, but I, I watched Defiant on the VOD. Oh, okay. um, she's really charismatic. She she um, uh, she she is really talented. But this was just this is a bad match, and and um, uh, it was a bit of a bit of a calm down relative to like the um, the previous nights in this match. But thankfully, there was the uh, the title match later to, to redeem it. Yeah, there are a couple of um, matches after that. Not a whole lot to say. The four, the fatal four match. Or was it? The four-man four fatal. The four-man fatal. Um, it was a dec- decent enough match. Uh, Noam Dar returned and, and won it. Um, a whole lot there. And then afterwards, the, the Coffee Brothers um, came in and beat everyone up. Uh, they look pre- pretty good. I, I, like, I like Joe Coffey, to be fair. I, I, NXT I, 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 UK. I thought Joe Coffey's matches on the first night were, were... I really enjoyed them, and I thought he came off great with that heel turn. And yeah. I am very interested in what they do with him in, in the series. I think he's... I really enjoyed him this week. Yeah. Um, Adam Cole, Wolfgang. Again, kind of... Not much to it. It's fine. I don't get what the Wolfgang. Like, they, they put him over like a, a, a UK darling. Yeah. You, you never hear of him outside of the... Yeah, it's like... <laughs> outside it's of the like, WWE you, show. It's like, you guys are pushing him harder than anyone in the fucking UK is. Um, I I remember thinking he stood out really well in the first tournament, but didn't but, he didn't uh, he have a match with like Pete Dunn or someone? And that's kind of well, no he he beat uh, he beat Trent Seven. Oh, maybe that's uh, what it was. But I, I but I, I don't consider Trent Seven any kind of fucking legendary worker who can carry. Like I I don't know I I Shut and he your beat mouth. Uh, he, he had a, he had a he had a, a first round match with Tyson T-Bone that I think way overachieved. Um, that most people were. I don't know. I imp- but the funny thing is, like, I thought he genuinely impressed. I'd never seen him before, before the tournament. But I, I never saw him since. I don't think. I don't think he's. He's kind of just one of those guys that just kind of exists in the ICW bubble and doesn't really venture out of it. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. But uh, he's back again. So uh, could it so, yeah. be? Now you guys will know this more on your side than I would. Uh, could it be that the people who are in these things, the wrestlers that are in the UK tournament? Don't get pushed as hard because the companies that would push them are afraid the WWE is just going to come by and say, no, you're coming with us now. Well, with Wolfgang to a lesser extent, because you still see everybody else on on all the shows. Wolfgang, I don't think has ever been in OTT, for example. No, never. Um, he's had, he's had a, a handful of appearances in progress, but he's not a regular there. Um yeah, I, it's it's very weird. I, I I don't know. I don't know. And the thing about the thing about a lot of these companies is that they're kind of in a way WWE affiliated, like Progress is. So it's like they there's no hesitation about them getting getting pulled. It's kind of like they're it's it's you know, mutually beneficial. But um, yeah, uh, weird. I, I don't know what what the deal is with them, but they they seem to like him. I also think I, I also think with this tournament, I mean, a lot of the Irish obviously were very disappointed with Jordan going out so early. I think there's a little bit of like tokenism in this, in that they want an Irish guy, a Scottish guy. Obviously, it's predominantly yeah, maybe uh, mainland UK and England, but I think they like to have a guy from each territory in there, which is why it's like oh weird, like how like why hasn't Jordan been on NXT when Tyler and Pete are there all the time, and why when they were in like you know like Flash, we should have known Morgan Webster was winning because he got he appeared on two or five a couple of weeks ago and won, so we should have mm-hmm. known. It's like you might ask yourself, oh, when they're in the UK, why don't they use Jordan? Because well, just just to look at it and just. Bluntly assess it. Doesn't seem like they have any real aspirations for him outside of um, uh, 
just kind of f- filling the Dublin gap or the Irish gap, I should say rather, for the. Mm. Um, uh, uh, the tournament, which is fine. I mean, he still has the opportunity to break out if he keeps having solid matches like he had here. But I think Wolfgang's a little bit of that as well. He's a big guy, so he stands out amongst kind of the smaller crew here, and he's uh, he's Scottish. So so there you go. Yeah. Uh, after that was a tag match: uh, Alistair Black, Ricochet versus EC3 in the Velveteen Dream. Uh, I didn't watch this because none of these men are from the UK and Ireland, baby. So it should uh, be on the show. Was, this match was good fun. Scabs. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> no, I was kind of short on time, so I sort of skipped this one because I was, wanted to watch the tournament uh, finale. Uh, good match, though, was it? It was. It was good. Yeah, I'm happy to confirm it was good. Especially uh, popped for... Um, they did the spot where Velveteen Dream got an, a knee injury at some point. Uh, mm. And... Um, EC3 is going for the, the tag EC3 was Velveteen Dream's tag partner he goes for the tag and they essentially did the spot where you know one partner goes for the tag and the other partner withdraws the hand drops off the apron and leaves but mm-hmm. but Velveteen Dream just started walking off a lot along the ring apron really slowly <laughs> as EC3 is just reaching out and rather than it just being a, a kind of sudden drop off it was just this long almost like uh, something from a ghost story <laughs> um, as as dream is just slowly limping off the apron and he just goes off up the end of the ramp and um yeah i was a big fan of that velveteen dream is, is just so great i mean all four of these guys i i really enjoy for different reasons and it was they had a great a great um mesh of 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 different strengths and the, the match was really good as a result yeah wasn't as good as the the aforementioned mustache, mustache mountain or British Strong style undisputed era matches, but it was it was it was very fun. It was very good. Yeah. Uh, it was then the women's match, Shayna Baszler versus Tony Storm. We won a three way the night before. Uh, I thought this was really good. I really like both both women. Uh, it was a really good story, um, and I liked the finish as well because it was kind of like you know Baszler can win, uh, so it wasn't like a kind of chicken shit count out where she just takes the win it's almost like she, she's not got anything to prove she's just going to let Tony Storm be counted out so that was, that's really really cool do you think Shayna Baszler makes it up to the main roster by Mania ooh by Mania I'd I, love to see her and Asuka yeah that would um, be cool I think Shayna I really, I really like Shayna. I really do. I think she'll come up after Mania and, and immediately into a, a Ronda feud. I think that's what they'll do. They, they need to really build her as a monster in NXT for a year, though. Yeah, um, keep building her up. I think, I think, her, I think her, just her, her, her aura is already great, you know? Yeah, she's got a, a great presence. She's a uh, throwback to the old true villain slash heel days of, I'm better than you and i can beat you anytime i want yeah and she has that samoa joe um bully aura that a lot of heels don't have i mean zach gibson to an extent as well um i i like the fact that she plays into the these girls are playing at being this athletics i did it for real yeah she's mm-hmm. really good really good to be fair um yeah and i thought this was like her one of her better in-ring matches because I think obviously the in-ring is kind of one of the things that's really lacking for well not really lacking but it is lacking to an extent uh, and I think Tony had a, a great match with her 
so yeah, I, 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 you know, thumbs up on Shayna so far. I mean, obviously, getting up to the main roster is one thing, but then actually succeeding when you're there, all these obstacles. Mm. I mean, my God. But uh, but yeah, so far so good with her. I'm really enjoying what they're doing. Good stuff. Uh, and then the fin- the final, um, or not the final, but the the title shot that Zach Gibson earned by winning the tournament. I uh, guess Pete Dunne. So it was interesting because obviously you think of Pete Dunne as like a perfect heel uh, with his facial expressions and the, all the other little touches he does. But here he's kind of, having been such a good champion and such a good wrestler, obviously the crowd absolutely love him. So he's kind of babyface here. And again, Zach Gibson is probably an even more natural heel, uh, given that he's from Liverpool. <laughs> you know what they're like. Uh, lots of great chance here. And yeah, it was a really good match. Not not up there with the bait done matches, that kind of no. level, but still very, very good. And I think I, it did a, a really good job. Yeah, I think I think there I think there so there wasn't anything the level of that match last year. But I think mm. in general the spread of matches across the two nights were of a higher standard uh than last yeah. year. So I remember last year thinking that other than the bait like the, the the great thing about the, the last tournament was that they, the done story they told was great, and the matches were like fine to good. Uh, mm, yeah, because you did have people like, exactly. as you said, Tyson T Bone and Joseph Seven Connors, and yeah, there's a lot. There was a lot of um, dead weight. Yeah, what, what I would call no hopers on it <laughs> compared to this year, where if this year definitely felt more like the makings of of a roster. You know, yeah, which is good because now they're because now they're going you know full bore uh, on it. But um, but yeah, so I I really enjoyed the match. Again, I I didn't think it was quite like match of the year level or anything like that, but it was it was really good. A uh, bit surprised Pete won, um, okay. but I guess but I guess you know they want to have you know surprise you a little bit, but at the same time also I I feel like NXT is very formulaic in the sense that someone you know the cycle is someone loses they have a rematch and then they. Someone a champion loses, they have a rematch, and then they go up. And I, like, I, I feel like that's really like lame and predictable. I, I, I don't want the UK thing to also follow that thing, where every year the person who wins the tournament is guaranteed to win the title. You know, I, I, I like the idea that mm. that you know, Don is Don is the man right now, and so just because Gibson was made, and yeah, that's the thing as well. Like Gibson was made, he didn't even necessarily have to win the title. You know, he was made in the in the first night, so. Yeah, <clears throat> so that was the uh, NXT UK. Look forward to. I don't know what when they're actually going to start putting the TV show out or whatever they're going to do with it. They announced the tapings, but I assume it would be some time in July. Yeah, what, same day as World of Sport returns. The the day before, about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of which, they released a trailer uh, today for World of Sport returning. Um, it turns out a uh, young Will Ospreay is going to be involved. He's going to be one of the, the stars of, of World of Sport. El Hijo yeah. del Ospreay. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, and Wade Barrett's on it as well. I don't know if that was already known. Why. Yeah, I didn't know that. I knew the I knew the Osprey thing, but I didn't know the, the Barrett thing. He's weird. Yeah. He, seems, he, seems, he, he only seems to want to do wrestling things now that are like He's GMs. weird. Says Barry. He is weird. He's, he's weird. Like, he is weird, like, Barrett. Because <laughs> he's doing this, and he was also GM for Defiant 
for a while, uh, the former Watt culture. Um, mm. So I, I think he just doesn't really... He'll do a wrestling gig if he's not wrestling, but I, it seems like he does not want to do the actual wrestling anymore. So that's a shame. Yeah. The problem with World of Sport is how heavily they rely on Grado to be like where yeah he's he's in the trailer because of course he won the title on the first on the last show so i tell you what in in the last year never has there been someone who i've heard like such a decline in like visibility relevance uh, relevance than grado like used to be on on the uk scene grado 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 and then this last year you just never hear about him anymore yeah, it's weird. I'm sad because I don't know what ICW are doing at the moment. You don't hear a lot about them hmm. anymore. At least I haven't. Um, and his main, obviously, his main work is <laughs> Impact and World of Sport. Uh, neither of which are actually on real television. So no, no, it's not, not going to help, is it? Hmm. He was a Joe Janela's house um, spring break though. So right. yeah, I mean, I guess he, I assume he's doing all right because he still he still is wrestling. But uh, yeah, you don't. I mean, honestly, when he showed up in this trailer they put out, that was like the first time I'd even thought of him in recent memory. Oh, 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 Grado, okay. Grado. Um, yeah, watch this. It seemed a little bit more kind of serious, the vibe they were putting down uh, in this trailer. Mm. But uh, who knows? I mean, it, you know, I don't know. I thought the first show was all right. Um, I think we said at the time that it's kind of in this weird place where the kind of older fans, they just want what they had before. But the majority of like current people who'd be watching TV on a Saturday don't necessarily want to see that. Uh, mm. they're in a tough they're in a tough spot. I don't really know what they can do. But we'll see. We'll see. I also didn't I also thought that, that first show like wasn't terrible either. I thought it was alright, you know so Yeah it's fine. Um and I think Osprey, you know, yeah. I think I gotta maybe uh, it would have to be a case of them sort of carving out like a little niche on ITV two or something like that. I can't see it becoming like a big mainstream show like World of Sport was or even like WWE is yeah, I don't know if there's the appetite for that in the among the British public. I mean, they are they are really getting behind it because it's Saturday night ITV one. It's the first week yeah. after the World Cup, isn't it? Yeah, um, that's a big like, that's a big spot. And you know, for I mean, for context, I mean, for people wondering why does WWE care so much? I mean, this is you know network television, a massive a massive network. Sa- you know, Saturday night prime time. I mean, it's not it's not exactly prestige television hours, but it is. You know, their Saturday night lineup is typically very successful and very popular. Yeah. Uh, X, Fact- X Factor, Anton Deck, things like that. I mean, they are they are huge kind of household names. So there is the if this is successful, there is the potential that this could be a thing WWE should be worried about. But, mm-hmm. but only time will tell. I mean, Osprey being there to hypothetically provide some great matches will certainly make it interesting. But uh, yeah, we will see a few week a few weeks to go before we find out for real. But uh, it was it was an interesting little trailer they put out. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we have the time or energy to get into uh, non-skate, non-Japan pro wrestling. Um, uh, let's uh, just say that pedophiles are bad. All right, pedophiles are bad. We I mean, all agree listen, on that. We, can, we all take a stance on this. We all want to. We all want to. You know, say that, and and maybe we'll we might come back to. I think this is a developing story. Also, we might come back to this because there was revelations just this afternoon about it. So, uh, yeah. we might come back to that. Um, the whole New Japan CEO. Uh, thing that happened this week. We'll get to that. Uh, but I, we should probably mention as well the the, um, the passing of Matt Capitelli, uh, the tough enough standout 
uh, from a few years ago who he didn't win, correct? He, he Was he a finalist? I think he was a co-winner, was, wasn't he? Was he? I think so. I can't remember. My, my memory of those early tough enough is, is not great, but he, he was certainly, regardless of, of, of where he finished, he was uh, you know an OVW regular for a while. Uh, someone that that they had huge plans for, and he yeah, he he co won Tough Enough three with John Hennigan. John Hennigan, of course, right. So uh, so yeah, so he's he's got a floating around for a while. He uh, of course his career was put in jeopardy by a, uh, a brain tumor, uh, which he's had a, a long standing battle with. I think I think um, you know his his story is well documented obviously and there's, there's there's loads out there you can read about it if you're not familiar with it but uh he did pass away this week 38 years of age which is terribly young um he's someone that again uh, one of these people that just everyone had positive things to say about him not only about as a person but how he tried to really persevere through uh everything he was dealing with and and and, and what have you to to not only you know keep living and surviving but also he, he you know, did really want to make it in wrestling um uh, so yeah hopefully you know um, I saw some some talk of how you know hopefully some, maybe WWE or someone else who maybe has access to the OVW tape library might be able to get some stuff of him up there so people can watch because he he was well regarded as a wrestler as well and a, and a prospect. But yeah, really really sad, really really sad. Um, so I did want to make mention of that uh, on here before we uh, bounce off for the week. Can um, I ask you guys a quick question? Yeah, there's a pseudo follow up. Does Vader go into the Hall of Fame this year? And if so, who introduces him? I'd say he probably does. Yeah. Uh, Sting. Probably Sting. Sting. Yeah. 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 Sting. So yeah. Flair. His son. Uh, yeah. They might have, actually. Yeah, oh, but I'd say his son would probably do the speech. Um, would accept. Yeah. Would accept. If yes. Harley could do it, I'd say Harley would be a good one. But. Yeah. Yeah. Stan knowing, knowing the way WWE does things, I think they'd, they'll probably want the doctor to to be the <laughs> uh, Batista, um, they'll probably want it to be someone they think their audience most closely. So, like Harley Race would be a good one, but I think they'll think uh, no Flair. It has to be Flair. Uh, it'll be the Flair. it'll be the kid from Boy Meets World, <laughs> or Sean or Sean Michaels. Um, yeah, uh, for that listener feud. Yeah, I think I think he goes in, and I think Flair or Sting is is a good pick. Um, kind of surprised they didn't put him in. While he was alive, he didn't have he he inducted someone else only a few years ago. So he, he was Hansen on. It was yeah. Hansen, yes, he's on reasonable enough terms with them as best I knew. But but hey, that look, that's them. I mean, that's the WWE. They're weird. But um, go back yeah, and he, watch. He, go back and watch Super Brawl three, the Sting versus Vader strap match, mm. and you'll see just what a monster this guy was. Yeah, I really want no to. No need, go back baby. I watched Vader against Goldust and Luna from '98. Ooh, Jeez. <laughs> oh my God. I have that. I didn't even know that match happened. I think that, that was Royal Rumble '98, baby. Um, I, I I haven't gotten around to, to mm. watching any of his stuff on the network, but I really should. Uh, you know those Vader and Sting matches and whatnot. But um, yeah, um, Vader Sting, Vader Ron Simmons. Oh yeah, Ron Simmons. Yeah, that was an incredible match. You want to talk about two big boys smacking the snot out of each other? What about Vader, um, Heath Slater? Ooh, what a legendary <laughs> contest! <laughs> that you know what? That was a fun run for Heath Slater, though. I remember Vader looking real good. Yeah. Um, well, that. think about the think about the claim to fame Heath Slater gets with all of those legends he wrestled. Doesn't matter whether he won, he can say he was in the ring and wrestled. Yeah, those guys. Vader, exactly. 
And then there was the the when he returned in like 2005 with Jonathan Coachman, um, when they had that Batista match, was that Taboo Tuesday, where it was supposed to be Steve Austin, and this he he said he wasn't going to do it. So they got Batista in to wrestle coach, and then Vader and who was it? Vader and who was the other one? Um, well, wait, Vader uh, and Goldust. Uh, Vader and Goldust. Goldust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Vader fell off the ring apron, and it was very oh, funny. No. And he couldn't take a spinebuster. He kept one of his feet on the floor for some reason. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe that's why he was never in the Hall of Fame. God damn it! Did you see when he fell off the ring apron that one time? <laughs> I'm just they, didn't a put him in, shit. they didn't put him in the Hall of Fame because they saw him beat Osprey that time and like, oh, he's gearing up for another New Japan run. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, uh, Vader. Yeah. So, uh, Vader. Yeah. Rest in peace to the big man. Anyway, uh, thank you very much, Scott, for being here and making us cackle at our own jokes again. Uh, uh, thank you once again uh, for having me. It's, it's it was a, a pleasure as always. Uh, thank you to uh, Michelle and, and everyone else who sent an email. If you want to send us an email, chairshoppodcast.com. We do Shame very much enjoy well. them. Uh, send us your questions, your feedback, your reviews, your life guff, whatever you want to talk about. You, 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 you hear the email segment. You know how it goes. We'll take anything. You want us to, to talk about movies or wrestling or whatever. You can do that. Uh, we will be back uh, uh, next week. Uh, as I said, we'll, 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 we'll deep dive on the on the, on the, on the, on the Mega stuff next week. We're just running a bit long here, uh, so we'll talk about that. We will. Uh, oh, will we? Yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back in time for next week's show. So like we can talk about uh, OTT briefly. Uh, anything else coming up? Is there a fucking pay per view? I'm forgetting. Is there? A, uh, no. I don't think. There's... No. Okay. Um, so yeah, we will talk about uh, the usual fun and games next week. So until then, it is goodbye from me, Cyber. It is goodbye from Joe Tower. Goodbye. That's goodbye. Goodbye.